Hello and welcome to the Pretty Pixels podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joey. And I am your second best host, Tab. Son of a bitch. Every time. What you gotta undercut me, man. Are we talk- <laughs> what are we talking about, worst host? E3. E3, that's pretty much it. Yeah, E3 yeah. is happening. We're you say that's pretty much it. it, but there's a lot to talk about. There is a lot, and it's not even over yet. So the way this is going to work is Tab has other commitments, very big, very important commitments. <laughs> so official. They are defending their dissertation um, yeah. defense tomorrow, so mm-hmm. huge deal. Uh, so Ron is actually going to join me for the second half of this. I was going to make this two episodes. I'm just going to have it be one super mega episode. So for the first half, it's going to be Tab and I talking about the first couple of days of E3, which, as Tab mentioned, there's a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how I'm suddenly talking to the audience and not you. I'm like, yeah, as Tab mentioned. Um, but yeah, there, there is a ton of stuff. So let's jump in. We're not going to talk about any news because E3 is the news. Yep. Um, but just very quickly, I've been playing Mass Effect still. I'm on Mass Effect 3. I'm about halfway through. I'm finally at the point where I'm getting ready to bang it out with someone. I can start a romance. Ooh. I haven't decided who I want to, who I want to go with though, because <laughs> Tally has always been my girl, but like, I did kind of want to mix it up this time and I went with Tally in Mass Effect 2, but now I'm like, I don't know who to choose. So well, stay tuned choices, for, choices. For that. Um, so let's let's get started. We're going to kind of go in chronological order um, in terms of what we saw. We're not going to talk about everything, right? Because there was yeah. a lot. Yes. Um, but we're just going to highlight some stuff. We're not going to talk about like this, the Just Dance and the Rocksmith and stuff. Like we're not super interested in that stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, but we do think it's worth checking out. So the very first thing I think, because this whole thing is so convoluted, that it's not like there's like overlapping events because there's there's a summer game fest there's like ea had their own thing and they have their own thing later and Mm -hmm. like there's e3 like there's all these all these different moving parts but i think the kickoff was kind of ea and dice showing battlefield 2042 Mm -hmm. so what did you think about that i think that it looks exciting Mm -hmm. um you know we have this like I'm just going to steal your phrasing um, in the notes, but just this like <laughs> climate apocalypse. There's some interesting stuff going on with weather. So, of course, that piqued my interest. Um, but it looks like the next Battlefield game. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't yeah. necessarily look like too revolutionary or anything like that, um, which can be fine if, you know, the the model of, of play is is solid. Um, I will probably be tempted to check it out. Although when it comes to like, these massive battles with how many players were they boasting? It was 128, was it? 100, yeah, and I, I asked you the, this question the other day, but like, what is the what is the peak of that going to be? What's going to be the max number someday that we hit? Um, those kinds of battles don't necessarily uh, capture my interest um, as, as much just because it's so much going on. But that's just me. Yeah, I think it can. I didn't look into it. Um, I can't, and I don't remember if they said in the trailer, but if you can have, if there are, and there usually are, there's like maps that are smaller and mm-hmm. so it's a, a smaller number. I think that's fine. I think if there's like a couple of maps for 128 people right. and then some 64 person maps and some, you know, 32 person maps or whatever, that's my ideal big kind of drop in mm-hmm. shooter thing. I, 
was very excited by the trailer, but I don't know if I'll pick it up. I haven't been into a Battlefield game fully since 1942, and I did love my time with 1942 because I do love... One of the things, like, going all the way back to the first Battlefield, I remember my friend Mike telling me about it, and he was more of a PC gamer, and he was like, oh my god, you can, like, steal a plane from an airfield and be flying over (laughs) and, like, jump out and parachute down to someone who's in a tank and, like kill Mm -hmm. them and steal their tank and i'm like oh my god at the time that seemed so incredible and the trailer showed that same thing so the concept Mm -hmm. hasn't hasn't changed that much and that whole idea is very exciting yeah um it doesn't often play out like that though (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's that's a rare occurrence but when it happens it's so thrilling so right i wouldn't be opposed like if you were like i really want to get into this i'd probably get it and play it with you Mm -hmm. but i'm not jumping to buy it it does look really great like you said it's it just does, for me yeah. personally i'm not not jumping into it right away yeah and like you said we're not quite sure um on the exact details but like if if it's set up in such a way that like oh you can play matches with like 32 people 64 128 whatever yeah. that like you said is ideal because then like i can try the big massive battle and then if i don't really like it i can just go back to like a, a slightly smaller experience um i like having options with games um, the other thing, though, with uh, Battlefield was Dice's commentary. Oh God! <laughs> and so angry. The yet again, we have a massive developer saying that their game is not making social commentary and that it's not a political statement. In this case, to have this climate emphasis on climate right. apocalypse and refugee populations, that's not political. What do you think I, about that, Joey? It, it, it infuriates me because it feels like it, it, it either feels like they're treating us like we're idiots or mm-hmm. that they're genuinely idiots. idiots. If, if you think yeah. that depicting a political situation or event in your video game is not political in and of itself, no matter mm-hmm. like, regardless of your intent, then either you're an idiot or you're treating <laughs> us like we're an idiot. And like... I have to imagine who they're talking to with that is the person who doesn't want the game to be political. Mm-hmm. And so it just feels incredibly condescending every single time and insulting. And it makes me, it just infuriates me every single time. Like, stop treating us like we're idiots. We know that you're not idiots. We know that you know that mm-hmm. your game is politically, fucking inherently political because you're depicting political situations. Right. So it doesn't matter if you're trying to make a political statement. It's fucking political. War battle right inherently political like i i'm so ready for developers and publishers to stop saying things like this yeah you're you're fighting a losing battle to keep Mm -hmm. going with the 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 militaristic imagery but like stop just stop like you said it it makes me feel like they think we're dumb yeah as as the audience and i get it there's the vocal minority that's like keep the politics out of my video games but like why are we trying to cater to these fools you know like just just stop with these messages that come across as being extremely hollow right especially because that whole keep the politics out of video games things is dumb anyways you can't almost every Mm -hmm. game is political in some some way or another if if you try to make your game not political that's political guys right (laughs) yeah political but but see that's the thing it's so so hard because Mm -hmm. that type of gamer is not talking about an actual nuanced critical version of politics yeah. they're they're saying 
don't include things that make me uncomfortable. Don't include Mm -hmm. diversity or don't make any kind of obvious mention to things like gender or race or anything like that. And, uh, um, but like you said, it's frustrating to know that these companies are catering to that player. You know, the game doesn't change. So for that player, if you're yeah. one of those players and you're listening and you're getting angry, I understand. The game doesn't change. The game is political. It doesn't matter if DICE says it's political or not. Mm-hmm. It's political. Because, again, if you do an analysis of the game, you can make arguments for how this thing is depicted. It doesn't matter if it's intended or not. Um, your enjoyment of it doesn't hinge on whether or not the game is political. You can still have fun. You can still have your own experience with the game. But other people, you know, scholars, commentators, whatever, can analyze the game and talk about the depictions of those things. DICE doesn't have any incentive necessarily. Well, I mean, they do. But DICE Mm. isn't probably going to change the next game based on that criticism. So, you know, our, you know, kind of stumping for the, the title or the label of political game doesn't really do much so so calm down it's not a big deal (laughs) um enjoy your game but your game is political you know yeah yeah all right moving (sighs) on from that what was next (laughs) is it the uh the summer game fest summer game fest yeah which i think jeff Keeley started last year as a way as a sort of alternative to e3 because e3 wasn't going to happen because of the pandemic Mm -hmm. um and he continued it this year although e3 did also continue this year um, so I wasn't really expecting much though, cause most of the big companies were on board with E3. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised. There were a couple of, of pleasant surprises in there. Um, was there anything that stood out to you? So I didn't watch the summer game fest, any of that stuff Fire. live, but, um, there were three games that interested me. Uh, the first one I know that you're also excited for, which is, uh, Jurassic world evolution yeah, two. I like one, I'm just happy that there's another game like mm-hmm. awesome, but blow me over. It's coming out this year. This like, year. Damn. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That was I, such a nice surprise because I didn't, I wouldn't even have thought to ask for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. On my like wish list, I wasn't, even though I loved it. It didn't first even game, come up. Right. I haven't heard it on any of the podcasts I've, I've listened to because it's not, it's like a niche, niche game, which I understand. Mm-hmm. But I was like so pleasantly shocked by that because I loved the first game so much and they didn't really show much gameplay mm-hmm. or anything like that, but they, said there are going to be more dinosaurs, more biomes. That's the thing mm-hmm. I'm really excited for because yep. the first game was all tropical. Now there's going to be like deserts and like plains and things like that. So um, that's the biggest thing that I'm excited for. But also customization, you were pointing out because you're yes. playing Planet Zoo. Yes. I like. feel like they're taking sort of the lead from that and seeing just how much the community has been involved with creating um stuff you know customization for buildings and whatnot and adding more of the construction and customization to this game makes total sense to me um and i also think that that's like a big selling point too um and i just want to say that i think frontier has done an excellent job with games like planet coaster planet zoo and jurassic world evolution these are the kinds of games that remind me a lot of of course um you know roller coaster tycoon uh and and the original like zoo tycoon and they they these kinds of games just have like a special place in my heart and so seeing these games and they're of quality is like really really awesome um did you also see that there's going to be a chaos mode 
Yeah. With like yeah, different just, scenarios from the movies. From the films. And it yeah. lets you like take charge and play it out. And there's different like elements that can change and stuff like that's exciting too. Yeah. And, and that's the thing where like, if you would have told me that was in the first game, I would have been like, I don't know. Cause I wasn't sure about the first game going in. Mm-hmm. I was very much like, I'm not going to super be into this cause I'm not into most Sims. Totally fell in love with it. And so by the end I got the platinum cause I was like, I want to do everything available. <laughs> I want to do every park, max out everything. And so I'll probably be the same way about this one if they don't change too much, which looking at their history, they don't. They, they finesse things and they yes, iterate. Yes, they finesse. They don't mm-hmm. make like big, like drastic changes. So, um, And for the most part, they don't need to because a lot of what they've designed is really solid and it just works. I'm also looking forward to, I don't know how how much it's going to take advantage, but it is coming out to the next-gen console, so PS5 mm-hmm. and Xbox Series X. So I'm curious about how that's going to look on the PS5. Uh, the first game, a lot of these sim games don't look stellar because mm-hmm. there's a lot of moving parts on a on a map that you can zoom in and out of at any given time. So there's a lot of processing power just that goes into just making everything animated. Um, but they do look pretty good. Like I thought Jurassic mm-hmm. World Evolution looked pretty decent. I found myself taking a lot of pictures of my park and being very proud. So upping that, you know, so they've they've been able to improve the graphics with planet zoo because that came after Jurassic world evolution so when now... you zoom in on the animals they're incredibly detailed so yeah. i'm excited to see some dinosaurs like that yeah buddy so yeah that was a really a really nice surprise jeff goldblum mm-hmm. and bryce dallas howard are coming back to do voices mm-hmm. they both sort of phoned it in i think in the previous game so i'm not like falling out of my chair excited about <laughs> that but i like that they got them i like that they'll yeah, yeah. they'll be there to half kind of sleepwalk through their their lines <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, a uh, dinosaur. Mm. Like, okay, thanks, Jeff. <laughs> thanks, Dr. Malcolm. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, coming this year. So that was exciting. What else? What other games are you uh, We got a, a preview of the next, um, I guess, episode of the Dark Pictures Anthology, mm-hmm. House of Ashes, which is coming out, uh, was it the 23rd or the 22nd 22nd, of this I think, year? Yeah. Okay. Um, and that, I mean, it, it involves like, chemical weapons and like this military force and of course like with the narrator he's like you know are you gonna work together or solo and um i i'm intrigued um i don't know that i'm as excited about the whole like chemical weapon thing right but they seem to be suggesting this like ancient unknown force beneath the surface so that's intriguing um and and so far i've i've liked the anthology um even though i am an episode behind as far as having played it i've i've seen all of the episodes be, uh, streamed but um yeah i'm i'm excited to have another one for october i like that formula i like those like just that narrative like interactive narrative interactive movie kind of formula that they have going mm-hmm. so i'm definitely going to buy it i've felt kind of all over the place i loved until Dawn, I think we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't love Man of Madan a lot. Yeah. I think it had some serious issues. I liked Little Hope much better. Not mm-hmm. as much as Until Dawn, but I feel like they're kind of getting their groove back. So this one, I'm, I'm, I you know, I'm gonna buy it. But yeah. the tone seems very weird. Like all the other ones were like, you're in a little town, you're in an abandoned ghost ship, it's very you're in spooky, a... and right? And this one's like, maybe. you're soldiers in a cave, and I'm like, that doesn't sound very yeah. spooky. So, well. Like, <laughs> I think it'll depend on how big that like underground mystery element because there's some creature down there, but we right. don't know what the heck it is. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm curious enough and I, I do like the formula, so I'll definitely be buying it. Well, I wonder, cause they, all of these, all of these games are tapping into some like genre or some subgenre of horror. Mm-hmm. Um, the ghost ship, the, the teens in a cabin in the woods, the, right. um, the, you know, ghost town kind of thing. This one is going to be tapping into something that you recently just told me that you're going to be getting into the cave and underground. I was just going to say, I was putting together a list of horror movies for the year. And I noticed that there were like three horror movies that came out in 2005 that involved like caves. So you have like the cavern, the descent. What was the other one? Was it just the the cave? Like it was something like that. Like they were almost all like mirrored as far as their titles. Um, But there are a lot of, uh, horror movies that take place like beneath the surface so yeah it's it's interesting maybe i'll have to watch those movies around the time that i played this game <laughs> that's yeah i was gonna say like it'll be really interesting to hear your thoughts on it after you know indulging in a bunch of movies of that <laughs> that genre um they showed wonderlands i know you you really like borderlands 3 you have any interest in that i'm not super i like borderlands and borderlands 2 but i'm not you know super nah. stoked for that one it, look, it did look good. One of the ones that I'm excited to talk about, and I don't know how I feel about, is Death Stranding Director's Cut. So mm-hmm. Jeff Keighley is good friends with uh, Hideo Kojima, and so it was not unexpected that he would show up. But the question was like, well, what is he going to show? Is he going to show Death Stranding 2? Is he going to... Mm-hmm. Of course, the rumors were all over the place. People were like, he's going to... He's back to working on Silent Hills or like some other spooky <laughs> game. He's he's making a Metal Gear game, like all these wild rumors. Um and so I was like, I don't really know what to expect. I'll just let him show what he shows. And he's he does the one more thing thing, which was, you know, very cute. Uh, and then it shows, it starts, you know, comes up with the logo. And it says PlayStation Studios, which I think is interesting. Um, and then it shows Sam from Death Stranding. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe it's a sequel. Uh, but then it starts going through all of these Metal Gear Solid references. Mm-hmm. He is entering this... Um, this like factory or this like warehouse with this like maze like looking out uh, layout with all of these soldiers who are patrolling very very classic metal gear solid opening right and i'm like wait now i'm confused because this seems like metal gear solid but this is obviously sam Mm -hmm. but he hasn't said anything yet and so i'm like then i started being like wait a minute is he tricking us is he gonna like pull his mask off and it's gonna be solid snake or something because then he pulls this He's like, he sees the soldiers and he's like, hmm, you can tell he's thinking like, okay, I got to sneak by. So he pulls this cardboard box off the shelf like Snake does. And he like looks at it and he dumps all these oranges out because one of the boxes in one of the previous Metal Gear Solid games has oranges on the side. And he puts it on the ground and he looks at it like he's going to hide in it. And he jumps in it like Snake. And then he jumps out and he's like, nah. And he puts it back on the shelf. And that's it. That's pretty much the entire trailer. So it's like, (laughs) I... Don't know. I'm, I'm like, okay, so he was messing with us, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, being like, haha, you thought it was Metal Gear Solid, but that's kind of mean. So then I'm like, <laughs> maybe he's not messing with us. And my brain starts going crazy because I'm like, I, I get, I, I mean, he was probably just making a joke, but I really thought at some point Sam was going to like, like, yeah, it's me, Snake. No, that mm-hmm. didn't, that didn't happen. Um, I'm definitely going to play it. I, one of the things I tweeted was like, I'm a little confused though, because it's, death stranding director's cut normally uh, there's a director's cut because a director had a particular vision and there was some kind of like interference from like a studio or something like that and they said no 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 we need this 
Hideo Kojima left Konami to make his own studio. He has a, so he has his own studio. So he's the director. He has full creative control. Right. Why do you need a director's cut? The first game was a director's cut. Like with director's money, cut Joey. part two. I mean, I don't know. So I don't. I have no idea what to expect from it. But um, you know, I'm. It was just a teaser. They didn't show much, but I, I am mm-hmm. excited for that. Um, what else? Anything? Uh, Elden Ring. That's yeah. That's that's the big one. So obviously, people were like really hyped, and Mm -hmm. they wanted to know more. And there were tons of rumors and all sorts of stuff going around. To me, it very much reads like, well, a Souls game. I know it's a different like universe. It's a different world. Um, but it looks very Souls like, and there's a lot of things that just remind me of of Souls, including like the combat. Um. I honestly, though, was a little disappointed because yeah. not knowing much about it and not having followed like the little bit of information or the rumors closely, I was I wasn't sure what to expect, but it wasn't necessarily this, right. um, which is maybe silly because it is coming from uh, from software. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wanted something a little more. I don't know. Open world RPG. <laughs> A little <laughs> laughing, I mean, something a little closer to, um, like like a Ghost of Tsushima game, right. you know, as opposed to like fighting the same enemies over and over again. Um, like that's George, just not George R. R. Martin's version of Skyrim, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, having said that, again, I didn't have high expectations because I didn't really know what this thing was going to be. Um, I'm happy for the people who are getting another Souls game, <laughs> but I don't think I'm really interested. I think that's where I sort of feel or fell and I feel kind of weird about it because I feel mm-hmm. bad because it's yeah. it's like, I didn't know what to expect when they announced it. I'm like, like you said, I'm not much of a From Software kind of guy, but like the idea of George R. R. Martin working with this very well-established, very accomplished studio mm-hmm. to make something exactly like you said, my fantasy mind was going wild. I'm like, Oh mm-hmm. man, think about like, think, think about the possibilities. Like exactly like you were saying, like a big elder scrolls thing. I'm, I guess maybe that's part of the thing is I'm more of like an open world. I want to explore. And so if George yeah. R. R. Martin has a hand in making this like expansive, fantastical world, and maybe that's, Maybe that's in the game. I don't know. It looks like you get a horse and you get to go all over the place with it. So maybe that's mm-hmm. a part of it. But um, I kind of walked away from it being like, I'm really excited for the people who were looking forward to this game because they seem very excited. Right. But I wasn't, it, it didn't scratch my my itch, I guess I would say, for a fantasy game. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the visuals were kind of all over the place. Some of them, some of it looked really good. Some of it looked very last gen and i don't mean that to sound like a snob of like it looks like a ps4 game it looked like an early ps4 game in some parts so and again i don't mean that i'm not trying to be a a negative nancy um but when i watched the trailer i was a little bit like oh no i don't even want to look at twitter because people are going to be like totally bashing this thing and then i went and looked and everyone's like oh yeah let's go and so i was like oh hyped all right Uh, maybe maybe it's me yeah (laughs) which i can fully fully admit to but um, yeah, I just don't think I'm the target audience. And that's okay. Same. Like that's I'm not going to shit on it just because of that. Um, yeah. Take note, fellow gamers. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll be curious, though. Is it really going to come out January of 2022? Right. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> it was it was really cool to get a date. 
um, mm-hmm. and not just a window, a month. You know, I mean, I guess it's a window, but not, you know, not like 2022 it's not like it was or just spring. winter or something. Yeah. Um, and so that was really cool. But it, at the fact that this is the first we've really gotten to see of it is a little, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know enough about from software to know what they're like with their release windows and and sticking with release dates and delays and things like that so yeah but also january seems like a weird date you know like that like how many games release i mean i guess it's becoming more common but Mm -hmm. but january seems like an odd for one for like a big tentpole kind of game yeah um but okay well let's move on to gorilla collective and wholesome direct Mm -hmm. this was a massive like three hour collection of indie games gorilla collective is a um a a movement i guess i would say that started i want to say last year as a way to kind of bring a bunch of different indie developers together and showcase you know a ton of really interesting indie things mm-hmm. same thing with wholesome direct except they're highlighting wholesome games so they partnered to this year and kind of did a joint presentation that was just massive and had dozens and dozens of games yeah, I went and looked at an article that was like summarizing everything, and it kept mm-hmm. going and going and going. And going. I watched. I watched all. Th- I had to break it up into chunks and watch like twenty minutes here, twenty minutes there. But I did end up watching the full three hours. Um, but kind of like we talked about before with indie games, there are so many of them out there, and they're so, in many cases, very unique that it's mm-hmm. like when I watch things like this, I'm so happy that there are so many diverse and interesting games out there mm-hmm. that like scratch a ton of different kinds of itches to use that metaphor again but then again for me it's like only a fraction of them are something that i'm i'm kind of gravitating toward yeah um having said that there were some that really stood out to me one of them was a game called lakes which is like a mail carrier game Mm -hmm. and like it's one of those things where it might not it might be terrible i have no idea because they didn't show that much but you get to drive the mail truck around this small town you get to walk around, deliver mail, talk to people, and that's There's sort of the game. dialogue options. Right. You, t- you chat with people, form these like relationships with people. So and it looked pretty. It, it, yeah, it looked... I think that's the thing is it feels... There were a lot of a lot of trailers that seemed to lean into the idea of like oddly satisfying mm-hmm. and how like oddly satisfying it is to deliver people's mails and mails. Uh, <laughs> delivers people mail and like chat with them. Um, and yeah, it just looked relaxing it looked like one of those really chill indie games that you know the stakes aren't super high maybe they are maybe if you mess it up you get you know a federal crime you get charged with a federal Jesus. crime tampering with mail <laughs> no that's one that um i also was drawn to as well and it comes out uh in september wouldn't that be hilarious if that game was political if it was like Oh, this takes place in, oh, you know, no. <laughs> October of 2020. It's taken the wholesome like, out of it. <laughs> you accidentally throw away a bag of votes or something and oh, you go to prison. Gosh. And the second half of the game is you're charged with election. Wow, that. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it comes out this year. So I'm definitely going to check that one out, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, any other standouts for you? I mean, I have a bunch. I don't want to hog this, though. Uh, is it Yoke? Yokai or Yokai? Yokai, in? yeah. Yokai, yokai in. in. That looks like such an adorable life sim. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a ton of information out there, but on the website it talks about it being um, or getting inspiration from like Harvest Moon and Animal Crossing. And you know how I feel about like Stardew Valley. So this is this kind of game is probably right up my alley. So 
in my notes, I wrote Stardew Valley with animals because <laughs> it it looks like it. There's raccoons and owls and foxes. Um, I watched it twice, and the second time, I really sort of noticed the Japanese influence because there are temples and you make offerings mm-hmm. and there's like Japanese style masks. Um, but yeah, there's fishing, there's crafting. It's adorable. It uses a retro pixel art style like Stardew Valley does. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, it just looks like, you know, if you're, again, there were several Animal Animal Crossing or more more Stardew Valley-like games out there, but this was the one that stood out to me. Um, mm-hmm. It looked very cute, very detailed and in-depth. Um, I don't think they had a release date for that one, did they? No. No. Okay. Um, um, another one. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say letters. Yeah. That one looks cool. Um, The Steam description describes it as a fun word puzzle game about friendship, growing up, and finding your place in life. So, give me that. That sounds cool. I feel like wholesome is going to be the word of the day for the indies here. But um, you get to interact with, like, your your friends. I think it said there were, like, puzzles or riddles, and there's also decisions that you make as you, like, grow up. So, that seemed cool. Yeah, because in the trailer, they described it as reliving a, a, the life of a girl, like a girl's key moments in her life. And so these letters that you're writing and you're choosing like words and phrases to finish the letter, their letters mm-hmm. already kind of half written, um, is like walking her through these moments. And so one of the examples they gave was there was this depression monster. And so writing the letter and the different words you choose are sort of like fighting that depression monster and you can like mm-hmm. overcome it and defeat it using the power of like letters um and i think in the trailer the phrase that i picked up on was nostalgic pen pal adventure um so you're writing to another person there's going to be like interactions that's really cool i think and they said it's coming to steam and switch so i'll probably get it on there's uh, already a demo up on steam too oh wow cool you have to check that out what did they didn't give a release date today no damn it a lot of these a lot of these didn't <laughs> which is you know a lot of them of the did beast. though. <laughs> the ones that I was most interested in, a lot of them didn't. But the, um, the I would say I don't know if I would say a majority, but a lot of them did have release dates, and a lot of them were this year. So, a lot to be excited for in terms of indies. Um, there was a game called Hot Pot for One, which they didn't show a ton of in terms of like the mechanics. It was a very brief, almost like a teaser trailer. Um, but in the trailer, they said it was a game about loneliness and the comfort of food. So I got the sense that this main character is living by themselves and they're very lonely. This is probably one of those pandemic games that people predicted. They were like, oh, there's going to be lots of games that aren't about the pandemic. Um, and you you make hot pot. So you may, you have this mm-hmm. like big pot and you just make different kinds of food. And I'm assuming there's probably some narrative stuff in there that you're kind of talking through your loneliness. So that one might be a little bit hard to get through in terms of like, I might be like mm, too real, but, um, but I do think it looks like one of those simple, potentially very moving games. So I'm pretty excited for that one. That sounds cool. Yeah. Anything else you're excited about? Really? It was just lakes, yokai in and letters for me. Okay. I just have a couple more. Um, mm-hmm. One of them was called We Are OFK. This one, I don't really know if it's my type of game. I couldn't really tell from the trailer, but it had such great voice acting. And it seems to be a game based on the trailer about these four friends who are, I think, in a band together. And they're trying to like break into the music industry. 
And so a lot of the story is basically about like the relationships between these characters and how they develop. I think there's like some romance and some drama. And so I don't know. It just seems like a very kind of narrative driven game with really great voice acting. So I'm that's definitely on my radar. I wouldn't say it's the one that I'm like most excited about, but I'm I'm definitely interested in checking that out. And then there was Was a game where I'm sorry. Was there a release date for that? I don't think so. I don't have it in my notes, so probably not. Okay. Um, The last one I want to highlight is called Hunt for the Night. And this one is like, I'm not sure I'm going to get it because it's a pixel art action RPG. Heavy emphasis on the action. So the action part of it, you know, it's like overhead view, like an old, old school RPG. And it's like the action is just, you're just going all over the place, shooting stuff and swinging your sword and everything. It seemed very frenetic and fast paced. That's not the kind of RPG that I like, but the pixel art and the game art were so beautiful and, and impressive, and the world looked like a... Because some, some indie games, you can sort of tell that they have this like really good idea, but they just don't have the time to like fill the world with like details and like mm-hmm. you know nuance. This game looked very detailed, very fleshed out, so I was really impressed by the art and the art style and the direction and, and the world. But like, I'm, if I can get myself to overcome that action part of the action RPG, <laughs> then I think it looks amazing and I'll probably end up checking out. It said uh, PC and consoles for that one, no oh. release date in the trailer at least. But, um, but yeah, there were a ton of other indie games I definitely recommend if you're interested in indie games, checking it out, even just kind of skimming through the, the thing because there were, like I said, a lot of really niche, kind of like oddly satisfying games. There was one about just like, hanging things or like organizing things so there was a game where it's like oh this book's out of place and you get to slide the book back on the bookshelf Mm. or like oh this picture's a little crooked straighten the picture like that's the whole game is doing these like oddly satisfying (laughs) things um and there were a lot of games like that that were just based on like one very simple concept or or mechanic so this is why indies are great like Yeah, you can only play a fraction of them, but like it's increasingly becoming like there's something for everyone, almost literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and like what I was thinking about with the RPG one, with that last one, Hunt for the Night, that pixel RPG is like, what's so great about that is it actually weirdly bridges the gap between retro games and modern games. Because I can see a world where um, a young person who's just getting into games loves these new pixel art retro RPGs, because there's a bunch of them now in terms of indies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then getting into those going back and re and, and I was going to say reading cuz like like books going back and playing <laughs> old actual old school RPGs like Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy and being like oh wow like seeing the connection because it's not it's taking it's stepping back from gaming gaming is a very progressive medium it's constantly getting new hardware and better graphics and everything and so games now look very different than they did 20 years ago which looked very different than they did 20 years ago so it's hard it becomes increasingly hard to go back to games but these retro modern um indie games allow for gamers now who are playing things that are just coming out to have like a bridge between the old and the new and so i and and if you love those old school rpgs it goes the same way you can play games now that were inspired by those and that play like those and look like those so i think that's really good my voice is going i'm so sorry i just taught before this so (laughs) i i I can hear my voice decaying as we as we speak but um i remember those days (laughs) (laughs) so that about does it for the gorilla collective and wholesome direct um 
Ubisoft Forward. I know we were both really excited for this one. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of like wishes and hopes and dreams that we had for this one. How did you feel about it overall? Overall, I thought it was pretty decent as far as E3 presentations go. Um, I didn't get anything new for The Division. I was a little surprised by that, but, you know, um, my, I guess, expectation for that was mostly based on, like, rumors anyway. (laughs) I can't be too disappointed. But we did learn more about Far Cry 6, um, especially in regards to what the season pass is going to look like. I don't know if you've seen people's reactions to that online. Um, Initially, I was a little confused because they were placing all this emphasis on Voss, who is the uh, main villain in Far Cry 3. Uh, He's probably the franchise's most, like, beloved villain. Um, And so I understand why they put, like, an emphasis on him. There is something a little weird, though, about, like, putting the player in the perspective of villains when they're very clearly villains. Like I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm not really down for these stories that are like, Oh, but you should know the villain side of things. You should know what the bad guy went through. So I feel a little torn about that, but I am excited about blood dragon. I fucking love (laughs) blood dragon. And the fact that I can play it on my PS five, like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That is cool. I feel like some of the highlights of the Ubisoft forward, which was sort of disappointing. Um, not not the forward itself, which we can talk about that. But like the the things that stood mm-hmm. out were DLC things. You know what I mean? Like the, like you said, yeah. the DLC for Far Cry and the DLC for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is called the Siege mm-hmm. of Paris. And there's also the Discovery Tour, the Viking Age, um, which is really cool. I love that they're continuing that historical, you know, yes. part of it. And allowing, because they make, they're some of the best world builders in the industry. They spend so much time putting so much detail into these environments um, and making them to some extent very historically accurate. And so in terms of like geology, topography and stuff like that. So being able to make that accessible for people to just jump in and just explore and use in classrooms and stuff like that as a teacher who uses games, I think that's incredible. So I'm super, yeah. And I want them to keep doing that. Now I'm like, I, that's, you know, when I think about a new, period or a new time period like we talked about like china i love that idea that there's going to be potentially a historical dlc pack for that as well um what so the siege of paris looks very cool looks very pretty Mm -hmm. um how did you feel about that are you excited i okay i we've only talked so much about the the newest assassin's creed on the podcast (laughs) but uh to keep that very brief i really liked the whole viking setup i thought that was cool the game had some i'll say narrative and pacing issues and i'll just leave it at that yeah it's very interesting to me that ubisoft is supporting for the first time an assassin's creed game with a second season of content and i think that's really cool for people that are into the game um Mm -hmm. and i know that you're hoping that this means that they'll give that they're giving like the uh, whatever development studios working on the next assassin's creed that that gives them more time i don't know that i i have that faith in ubisoft (laughs) um there's nothing wrong with a second season of content but i don't know that it for me that it's needed like i was talking um briefly with our friend paul about assassin's creed just as a franchise and we both kind of want the tighter experiences like 
there is such a thing, I think, as a world being maybe too big or the narrative being too stretched out. Give me that tighter experience, you know, because we were talking about um, the Outer Worlds and how it's a it's a shorter game, but it's a it's a deeper game because of it. It's a richer game. And so I am totally down for open world RPGs like that's my thing. But I want I want substance, too. Yeah, I um, I do hope that it means that they're taking more time or they're at the very least they're well into development of the next Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do want them to be a little bit more focused. You know, I was fine with the pacing and the scope of Odyssey and Origins. But as you said, I def- definitely had a problem with the pacing in the last half of Valhalla. And so I, I love... Go ahead, sir. I was just going to say, and it really is the last half where it, it is, starts yeah. to fall apart. But Yeah, because I, I mean, there were complaints in the past about, you know, people would make complaints about open these open world Ubisoft games in particular, but Assassin's Creed specifically, that it, they're too long, there's too much content. But I always found that they did a really good job of making that optional. You didn't need all of that content to finish the game. You could make it a 30-hour game or you could make it an 80-hour game. Mm-hmm. I loved that. With Valhalla... There was not really much of an option. Like it was more like you could make it a fifty-hour game or an eighty-hour game. Um, there was so much that you had to do as part of the story that, because of the pacing, just felt like it was dragging out. And so, I hope they took that lesson um, and they come out with something that can be a com- compact experience for the people that want it to be, but can can also be that big sprawling thing that I like, where I like to go mm-hmm. in every nook and cranny and all that stuff. So, right. um, I am still hoping that they are working on it, and we'll see more of it maybe by the end of the year or something like that yeah but as you were saying they there there weren't a ton of just like new reveals it was you know dlc expansion kinds of content um obviously they announced um, rainbow six extraction gave some details on that it is cool that there's a new um operator mia or mina uh, thunderbird of the nakota territories so Mm -hmm. that's awesome for more representation i avoided diving into social media to see what people's <laughs> responses were on that but i thought that it was, it was cool uh they announced mario rabbids sparks of hope um i played a little bit of the the first mario rabbids and it's a solid game it's just not necessarily my kind of game but it is cool to see that they're that they're making another one and that apparently mario rabbids was uh, was a uh, hugely successful for them yeah, I felt the same way. I, I played the first game as well, um, and it's I I lo- I heard that it was really good, like competition for game of the year kind of thing, not like serious competition, but it came up in discussion. Mm-hmm. So I was really curious, uh, and I also got it and played through. I think the first world, and yeah, like you said, I just didn't it didn't click with me. Um, and it, this was one of the ones that had been leaked, so it was like not like I saw it and I was like, oh yeah, there's that, you know. Um, I think the big, the big, their big centerpiece was Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, uh, which they did give a release window 2022, mm-hmm. but the response to that has been so tepid, I guess is the word I might use. Like yeah. I wasn't really sure what to expect. I had my own reaction, which was, I would say pretty lukewarm as well. I don't mean yeah. to be negative. I hate when people are like really negative about E3 stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're hyped for this game, more power to you. I'm semi-hyped. I, I think if it's an open world game with like a bunch of colorful, you know, biomes and, and 
creatures and plants and all that kind of stuff, and you get to go and explore, um, then it doesn't really matter what coat of paint you slap on it. In this case, it's Avatar. Mm-hmm. It could be a Horizon game, whatever. That's that's cool, and I would probably will very much enjoy it. I don't have much love for the Avatar brand or world, though, so that's not really what excites me. I do think that it looks like a good, solid, very beautiful game, but I don't feel alone because then I went and checked social media, and a lot of people were like, oh, right. Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would need to see a lot more in order to be sold on it. Yeah. I was just like, oh, okay, interesting. Not sure if it's something that I'll that I'll pick up. Just knowing that it's 2022, though, reads to me like, maybe it'll come out in 2022. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, they did show a lot, but they, they left it very vague at 2022. So it might be yeah. a late 2022 or maybe it'll be pushed back. Especially because we don't still really know what's going on with the movies. They were supposed to relaunch you know there's several sequels in the in the works for the for the movies and so i don't think we know what's going on with that so i i don't know i'm just very curious how those two things are gonna play together i sort of suspect that when they started making the game they were thinking that they would probably come out alongside each other because this is a pretty dormant brand we you know the avatar movie came out years ago yeah and so in theory a lot of gamers young gamers in particular have no association no attachment because they didn't do anything with that brand um and so like you know you kind of want a movie to generate that buzz and excitement and get people excited for your game because being like oh hey remember that movie that came out years ago that some people liked you know it just doesn't doesn't play very well so i'm kind of wondering if they're like well let's just go ahead with the game because who the hell knows when these sequels are coming right (laughs) um but yeah overall i would say ubisoft was um not super exciting but they showed some good stuff so yeah I'll leave it at that. Xbox and Bethesda, though. That is the best that I've seen so far for E3. Now, admittedly, I haven't been able to uh, partake in E3 as much uh, this year as in previous years, but they had the most exciting presentation, I thought, overall. Um, Obviously, we had the big opener with Starfield, which another game supposedly coming out in 2022 the november 11th of 2022 very specific yeah very specific um which i suppose implies some some seriousness we didn't actually get to see a lot though Mm -hmm. we just got like the premise of the game i need to know if we're actually gonna be able to climb the ladders um i mean it's bethesda so i'm gonna buy it it is a an exclusive for the xbox so i'll have to buy one of those um i'm 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 curious i it's it's too early for me to be excited for a lot of these games though i have to say yeah i i felt sort of shell-shocked after the xbox show because there was so much that they showed and i had very like varying feels on feelings Mm -hmm. on many of them um but the more i kind of look back at some of the things the more excited i got so i feel like if you would have asked me right after the show ended I would have said, yeah, they got a solid like B, but like mm-hmm. after like, looking back and thinking, I would say more like an A minus probably for me because there, it was missing some of the things that I really wanted to see more of. They didn't show any more Fable. They didn't show any more Perfect mm-hmm. Dark. Um, but Starfield, I think, you know, like you said, to start out with, it looked really good. It definitely mm-hmm. looked much better than previous Bethesda yeah. games. Um, but I don't know what to expect. And at first that disappointed me because I'm like, oh, well, I don't really even know what I'm going to be doing in this game. 
But then what's intriguing to me and kind of exciting is that it's a space game, but it looks very grounded in reality, which is surprising to me. I was expecting some kind of like Mass Effect, high fan, not high fan, but like science fiction mm-hmm. fantasy kind of thing. Um, but these look like actual Earth astronauts in an actual right, right. like moon, like on a moon base getting ready to take the first hop into the, you know, the great beyond like maybe we've never done faster than light travel but now we have this outpost that's going to like take us to a new star system um but if that's true i can't imagine you're gonna be running around and shooting and all this kind of stuff it's going to be more slow paced and like realistic right i don't know i don't know what it means but i'm very intrigued so i i can't say my hype level for starfield is like greatly increased but my interest in it is is deeper and i want to see more I think with more, this is the kind of game that I could get very excited for, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to hold back on that until we actually have, have further details. Yeah. Um, Stalker 2? You were really excited about that, weren't you? I And I wasn't even expecting that, but I was like, this actually looks really fucking cool. Now I need an Xbox for that. Like, uh, Or was that one exclusive? I don't remember. Oh, I should have marked it on the notes. I didn't. I wasn't. Oh, okay, I think okay, most okay. of them were because they said we're going to show... I think it was like 80 games and like 72 of them are exclusive or something like that. Or no, no, it was like 72 are coming to Game Pass or something. So I and didn't, actually, I, didn't take note. I, I had a note here somewhere. Let me see if I can find it. Um, oh, there were two things that we kept hearing, kept hearing over and over again over E3 that started to get on my nerves. The first one was an Ubisoft original. And the second <laughs> one was play it day one with Game Pass. Every yeah. single fucking time they showed a game, like we got it. <laughs> But Stalker 2, the narrative seems interesting. The gunplay looked solid. So potentially adding that to the list. Um, I don't, <laughs> don't want to like shit on anything, but I just don't care about the Sea of Thieves, A Pirate's Life. Oh, man. I just um... don't even care. I, You and I played that game at launch. We had a ton of fun, but we want private servers yeah i love pirates of the caribbean i love those movies um have great fondness for them and so the idea of having the black black pearl and having uh, you know a facsimile of jack sparrow because it doesn't sound like it's really voiced by johnny Depp, but like having a close enough you know facsimile of jack sparrow is very cool and the fact that it's free i mean they have a partnership Mm -hmm. with disney bringing a disney property into this for free very fucking cool. If you play this game and you're like into it, that's probably very exciting for you. Yeah. The fact that there are still no private servers is infuriating for me because like yes. people have been calling for it for day from day one and they said, well, we're not really sure. We have to see how it plays out. And then it played out and they were like, well, you know <laughs> that there's a cost thing. And it's like, but you're making enough money to have this free partnership with Disney. You know what I mean? Um, and they came out with a limited private server for content creators so like very specific content creators who are bringing value to them and free advertisement you get the the privilege of having private servers um and i don't want to hear cost i know some people are like but those but it's expensive we're talking about a microsoft studio microsoft bought them they're they're microsoft owned microsoft can afford that they can support that um they're, it's not a money thing. They're making a lot of money off of off of this game, off of the cosmetics and stuff like that. So, I, I don't really want to hear about. And it could be locally hosted. If I'm if you make it a locally hosted thing, then I would be hosting the game on my Xbox 
console that other people would then tap into. And I know there's still some infrastructure at work there, but like it's not nearly as costly as hosting the game on your own servers, which is better, of course. But if you're talking about cost, make it locally hosted then. So um, every time I see a new update, it's just it reminds me that they refuse. And it's the thing is, is it's not just us. Uh, Almost everyone I've heard from has some version of man, I got into Sea of Thieves and I was like, this is great. And then I just got tired of being trolled. I got tired of being, I can't do what I want to do because I'm constantly being harassed by other players. Um, And I also don't buy the argument that, oh, well, it's a pirate game. What do you expect? Go fucking mine your own business. That's what I expect. Go find your own treasure. (laughs) Uh. There's a very, very toxic uh, element of the Sea of Thieves community. Yeah. I, I won't say that it's like the majority of the community, but it's at the very least a subset of that community. And that's in part what keeps me from returning to that game. Yeah, there are plenty of people that have fun on there. When I was starting to play by myself, because I know I, you started peeling off before I did, I still liked it enough to play by myself. I played online with strangers a couple of times and I had pretty good experiences. Um, this one guy, I didn't know I was playing with people. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't realize I had the invitation set to open. Oh. So I'm off on my own on a ship my little my little schooner or whatever it's called <laughs> by myself and I'm like do 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 and you have to run around on your ship a lot when you're doing it by yourself because you have to like go look to see where you're going go mm-hmm. set the sail and i go to the front of my ship and i turn around and there's a dude on my on my ship and i was like at first i was very startled because i'm like how did you get on my ship i'm out in the middle of the ocean um and then he starts talking to me and i didn't have my mic on at the time so i'm like I'm like, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. But no, he had come into my game as my partner. So then we had a really great time. I was communicating with him through the in-game like chat feature. Um, and we went and did a few missions and it was actually pretty cool. But that's one out of like 10 experiences. The other 10 mm-hmm. being people that are just being assholes to try to sink my ship or whatever, just to do it, just because it's fun. Yeah. Um, and it's like, if you want to have a server dedicated to that, have that, those can be the open servers, the open seas. Um, but why not? also allow for people to just play and enjoy sailing around and enjoying exploring and stuff like that. There's so much content there, you know, saying that harassment and trolling is part of your game. That's kind of shitty. It's a little weird. Yeah. But okay, let me get off my soapbox. We've got a lot to, (laughs) a lot to cover back for blood. We've already talked about, so we won't Mm -hmm. talk too much about, but they showed that during Xbox and then they showed it later during Warner brothers had a whole separate event for it. Yep. Looks very cool. I'm very excited for that. Comes out October 12th. Um, Contraband was a game that I saw a lot of people talking about and getting hyped for. Did you have any thoughts about that one? Honestly, I'm looking at it on the list and I'm blanking on which one that was. So am I. I was hoping you were like, oh, Oh, yeah, I love that game. (laughs) So obviously it didn't make much of a splash. I I think I remember it looked really good, but I was like, it doesn't look like my kind of game. So I kind of skipped over it. I'm trying to Um, look up real quick, like what even... Oh, God, the movie's coming up. (laughs) Uh, Oh, that was the one that they only showed a very brief kind of clip of with it hovered over the back of the vehicle and there was like a crate and it said contraband on it. Oh, that's what I caught of it anyway. So I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what what it is. Oh, that's right. It looked like a like almost like an Indiana Jones kind of thing. Okay. At least from the, the team that made Just Cause. Yeah, it didn't look like Indiana okay. Jones, but it looked like the way that they sort of were hovering over certain elements, it looked like like the, the way that it was shot, I guess I would say, looked like an Indiana Jones style thing. And it's co-op, so. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Um, um, what else? Uh, Fallout 76, uh, they talked about Steel Rain. Yeah. Um, and then they teased the, oh God, was it, was it Philadelphia? Was it? Something oh, in Pennsylvania. Because they showed the Pennsylvania. Yeah, I think it, it was. Yeah. I... <laughs> I played a little bit of Fallout 6 on my own well after the disastrous launch. Fallout 6? You lucky. It was... um, Did I say Fallout? You said Fallout 6, yeah. Crap. 76. 76. Um, I I need to play it with friends, though. Yeah. Wink, wink, hint, hint. Um, I'm sorry, what? can't hear you. You're breaking up. Halo Infinite. What did you think of that? It's one of those things that, like Starfield, where I, I saw it and I was like... And then I thought about it, and I got very excited um, because what they showed. You sent me a text. We we should have been on chat, but we were texting back and yeah, forth. Yeah. And you sent me a text in the middle of the trailer, and you were like, "Does it look better?" Question mark. And I was like, <laughs> "I think?" Question mark. Because like, I it doesn't. It still doesn't look like the stunning visual showcase that I would expect of an Xbox Series X game, the most right. powerful console. Blah blah blah. But when they showed the multiplayer, I kind of didn't care because I remembered playing Halo 3 and having so much fun with the multiplayer that I was like, I'm not going to care about the visuals. When I'm like, if we if we get together, like if you and I and like maybe Ron, I don't know if he plans on getting an Xbox Series X, but if we get some friends together and we're playing Halo Online, I'm not going to care about the visuals. I do still want to play the story. I am still curious about all that stuff, but I think at this point I'm mostly just excited for the multiplayer, which is abnormal for me, but... I'm really, I really want to get into that. Yeah, I, I am excited, excited for a new Halo game. Um, one of the lines, though, what was it? It was something like, you know, this is the biggest, like, world to date. Yeah. And they talked about like going and exploring it or whatever, and I was like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I am excited for it, uh, but I, I still need to get that Xbox. So you know. Yeah, you said Halo was your first F- FPS game, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yep. You said you were having some like feels from it. So yeah, I was. I was having some feels. The whole Cartana <laughs> thing. I was like, oh, yeah. She's got to be back. She's got to yeah. be back. Yeah. That's going to be a big, a big part of it. Um, and she'll be good again. I'm assuming because she went bad. I haven't played Halo Four yet, so I need to get on that. But yeah, same. Um, but I, from what I understand, she goes bad. So um, yeah, they. So I'm. I am really excited for that. They showed a game called Party Animals, which looks like a version of Fall Guys with animals um, replaced, grounded. Some DLC for that. Um, they they showed the trailer for 12 minutes and gave a release date of August 19th. Um, that's the game. That's a small game. I don't remember if it's an indie game, but it stars Daisy Ridley, Willem Dafoe, mm-hmm. and James McAvoy doing the voices. Um, I love Daisy Ridley and Willem Dafoe. I have no problem with James McAvoy, but I love. Daisy Ridley and Willem Dafoe, so... Mm-hmm. And the concept is interesting, so I'll definitely be checking that out. Um, how did you feel about the teaser for The Outer Worlds too? Because that shocked the <laughs> shit out of me. That was probably the most exciting thing, because it was playing through, and I'm like, what? what is happening? Because right. the narrator was teasing stuff, and then, boom, The Outer Worlds 2, I lost my shit. Yes. <laughs> it could, yeah, it could have... I felt not, not anything, but I felt like it could have been a... a, a a, te- a funny teasing approach to almost any kind of game like you can because it was very meta and he's walking through like now we're going to show this because that'll give us some some this and then we'll show this and then and we'll, we won't show this because then because the developers haven't finished the character model and all that stuff um so it was being like very meta and i'm like that type of humor can apply to a bunch of different kinds of games 
And then, like you said, it reveals that it's the Outer Worlds too. And I was like, oh, shit, like that. You know, even though the point of the trailer in a funny way, a humorous way, was to say, we are far from being finished with this. Just knowing that they're working on it and it's, you know, coming along is very exciting. A game that I was weirdly excited about, Microsoft Flight Simulator. When that game (laughs) came out on PC, came out for Windows, it was like, there was so much hype around it. I was so surprised by that because it wasn't just from hardcore flight sim people. It was just people who were like, "How?" Like the concept of what the what the what the new Microsoft Flight Simulator does is it takes images and visuals from things like Google Maps and these like map databases um, to take high resolution imagery from the Earth, and that becomes what you're flying over in the flight simulator. And I think a lot of it, like prominent monuments and stuff are 3d rendered. So that is such a cool concept. The problem with it was though, a lot of people reported that it like melted. You, you said, I think the word you used was like, it almost melted melted your PC, right? (laughs) So like it is very resource intensive, um, but seemingly very worth it. And from what I understand is there's more than one mode. Like there is the very detailed, spend a half an hour flipping switches and getting your plane ready to take off. But then there's a little bit more of like a free flying kind of arcadey mode where you can just fly around. So the, the idea that, that this might have that and that Xbox series X can run it. I'm so curious about how they did that. You know what I mean? Is the Xbox series X really that powerful that it's running the same game or did they have to do some technical wizardry behind the scenes to, I said that word, wizardry, wizardry behind (laughs) the scenes um, to get the Xbox to run that. Either way, the trailer looked great. There's a a Top Gun tie-in that uh, is going to be in there where I'm assuming that means there's like Top Gun planes that you can fly. Uh, And it's coming out July 27th. So weirdly, that was one of the most exciting things for me is I was like, damn, I'm actually going to, I think I'm going to check that out. Yeah, it's so beautiful and and when games are stunning like that i'm just like drawn to them same goes for um i think for both of us with uh forza horizon 5 yeah (laughs) so we were texting we're like is this another game that we're probably not going to play that much of but we're going to buy it anyway because it's gorgeous yes (laughs) yeah because horizon 4 looked good and we both have an xbox one Mm -hmm. and we were like oh it looks so good and like i had hopes based on the e3 trailer for that game that it was going to be a little bit more arcadey because that's the kind of racing game that I like. I like games where the controls are a little bit loose, um, but tight when you need them to be, and you can like whip around corners and stuff like that. The kind of game that Forza is, and it always has been, is I mean, I think there's a there's a Forza. It's not called Horizon. There's like a, another type or another version, an offshoot of the game that's a little bit more arcadey. But the Forza Horizon series is the one that's like their big showcase. It's always so gorgeous, mm-hmm. but then it's like you're driving a bank vault on wheels like it's so hard to steer you don't have that much control because you're going so fast of course it's it is more realistic which i'm sure you know sim driving people love but for me i played it and i played quite a bit of it actually but like i I just kept wanting something different out of it and i think the same thing's gonna happen here i'm like damn it's so beautiful look at all those rocks they kept showing like detailed like rocks and plants and stuff they they kept showing like a still shot and the narrator was like doing his thing and then the camera moved because the car was pulling and it was like you probably thought that that was a real still it's the game (laughs) yeah um but the the setting in mexico like 
wow, very yeah. visually stunning. Yeah, and it looks like they're they're doing the thing that we've talked about where they're hiring more diverse people to work on projects like this to give it more of an actually authentic feel. Mm-hmm. And they're not just like, we watched a bunch of YouTube videos and read some books about Mexico. Here's our interpretation. It seems like they have actual um, like Native Mexicans or you know Mexican uh, Americans like working on this to try to be like, let's give our real portrayal of of the beauty and the splendor of this country so i thought that was really cool a game that i hear a ton about that i don't have a ton of interest in i mean it looked pretty good i think you said you were interested in it was redfall i am somewhat interested in it but you know story of the day i need more details (laughs) yeah it looked very pretty Mm -hmm. um and again people are really excited about it on social media but uh, it says it's coming out next summer, so I'm assuming we'll hear more about it soon. Yep. Um, so that one's like on the the edge of my radar. Like, yeah, same here. Could could move up, could fall off. Um, but of course, the big, most exciting reveal of the day was the post credits, actually, too. I know. Uh, the Xbox Mini Fridge. <laughs> but they already said that was going to be a real thing, so I wasn't too surprised. Um, it's funny. It's cute. Yeah, I like that they're doing it, but I guess I I would rather they be like and expect a restock soon because I was just looking and like where can you even get an Xbox Series X right now? Yeah, same story the fridge. with PlayStation, but yeah, I can get the fridge and pretend. But I mean, it just to me it plays into uh, like Microsoft's hyper awareness of streaming and of like mm-hmm. streaming culture because streamers they're going to send them out to streamers and they're going to oh, yeah. have them in their gamer room in the background and it's going to be a cool little like trinket and that's going to make people want it so um so that was pretty cool let's move on to square enix which we could just skip because i was pretty disappointed by it I, again i don't like to be super negative about these things i know there were probably people that watched it and were very hyped but I feel like you might be in the minority because almost everyone online is making fun of the of Square Enix for their presentation. <laughs> I will say to be fair to them, I because I like Square Enix, they're one of my favorite uh, publishers. To be fair to them, this did not include Dragon Quest. So Dragon Quest had its own event, the Dragon Quest 35th anniversary event. Um, and so you're taking you're taking some of the biggest Square Enix properties and games out of this presentation so they didn't get to reveal dragon quest 12 here or dragon quest 3 2d hd remake like that you know if you included that i think this would have been a much more exciting presentation but outside of that they spent a long time looking at marvel's guardians of the galaxy which was leaked so we already knew about that so that Mm -hmm. wasn't super it does look pretty good i like that it's a single player game and there are some narratives narrative things in there um but it just didn't look like, I don't know. I'm not super excited about it. I'm like, yeah, it's on my radar, I guess. But um, there was something about the character designs that I didn't love, similar to the Marvel Avenger game. Same thing. It kind of looks a little off to me. So I'm like, maybe, maybe I'll get it. Maybe I won't. Um, I'm not going to go through everything that they showed. They showed Hitman Sniper, The Shadows. That's the mobile but, game, right? Right. I was going to ask you if you were excited because you shouldn't be. It's the mobile game. Not to shit on mobile. Mobile games are fine. But sometimes <laughs> when you get a new announcement of a game or a series yeah. that you love like, and they're like, <gasps> coming to mobile, you're like, mm, that's not the experience that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. They, and they did that multiple times. They were like, near reincarnation, a new mobile game. Ah, great. Thanks. Final Fantasy VII, The First Soldier, a new mobile game. Thank you. <laughs> thanks. Keep doing it to me. I love it. 
What um, is um, Babylon's Fall? Because I I didn't watch the the Square show. I did watch the Square show, and I don't know. Um, okay. <laughs> it I I don't really remember. Is it, it another mobile game or? I don't think so. I think it's okay. actually a. Um, I think it's a a platform game. My eyes sort of glazed over, which okay. might say something. I wasn't super interested in it. Um, maybe. I love the polygon headline. Babylon's Fall could be good, actually. <laughs> Great! What a selling. Point. Yeah, could could be actually, which again probably indicates how the trailer ended up. Oh, this out. was first announced in twenty eighteen. Hmm. If it's looking it rough still, familiar. I don't know. Yeah, and then they showed um, Life is Strange Remaster Collection and True Colors, which we've already seen, we already knew about, so that wasn't super exciting. Um, True Colors is coming out September tenth. So that'll be a nice fall game, I think. I think Life is Strange games feel suitable to fall for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they showed another leaked game, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, um, which is a, I think, like a, a um, like a Soulsborne style Final Fantasy game. So again, not really up my alley. So in terms of a, an overall presentation, again, they spent so long on Guardians of the Galaxy that everything else felt like a letdown or a lot of mobile games the biggest letdown i forgot to mention this this should have been front and center for me was they announced the final fantasy pixel remaster collection which is going to be quote unquote pixel remasters of the first i think five final fantasy games okay coming to steam and mobile that's it so Hmm. they didn't define what pixel remaster means so that doesn't tell me much. Are you revamping the graphics? Are you literally just upresing it to make sure it runs on, that looks decent on these platforms? Are you adding anything? They even I got it. it. Just it just feels like ports to me at this point. And so the fact that the fact that it's coming to mobile and Steam makes me suspicious because they did that with Chrono Trigger and with Final Fantasy three, oh. and those games were. I don't want to say garbage, but. <laughs> Everyone talks about how how bad those ports were. So negative today, Joey. (laughs) I know. I'm so sorry. Um, But everyone talks about how bad those ports were, and that that Square Enix didn't seem to do much to like upgrade them or to make them more accessible or or you know you know improve them in any way. And so it was just like, oh, you can play that same game that you like on a new platform. Which, granted, great. That makes it. That does in general make it more accessible in terms of platforms. But like I have chrono trigger on like five different platforms at this point you know and chrono trigger is not part of this collection to be to be clear but I, that's what i keep referencing it back to is because i want more chrono trigger i don't just want chrono trigger on a new platform though i have access to the first five final fantasy games making them look like they can run on a computer and they look okay on a computer doesn't do anything for me like i want actual like remasters which I know they're not easy. I'm not trying to make it sound, sound like it's easy, but mm-hmm. that was just so disappointing because I thought it was going to be something that was visually really kind of stunning, and it doesn't it doesn't look like it. They didn't even show much of them, so so there's that. Um, so that was those square Enix. You, you you said you didn't watch it, right? So you don't no. you don't really I, and you didn't you didn't miss anything. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I don't think you're into like Guardians of the Galaxy, so I think that would be the only thing maybe that you particularly would be like. Oh, well, life is strange, but you already know about that. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, outside of that, the only thing I have a note on is Doki Doki Literature Club Plus, which I saw announced on Twitter. So I don't know if it was a part of any of these events. Um, it wasn't part of any of the ones that I watched, but um, Dan Salvato tweeted out that it's coming out June. Th- it's called Doki Doki Literature Club Plus, and it's the base game, but with like a bunch of extra artwork, a bunch of extra new music, um, new story, like side stories, basically, that kind of explore the relationship between some of the characters, um, improved visuals, making them HD, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it comes out June 30th for um, consoles as well, which some people were like, wow, how can you get away with that on consoles? Which I don't want to spoil anything about the game, but there's mm-hmm. some imagery in the game that might be um, unfamiliar to console audiences. So, yeah, I am so excited for that. I've already pre-ordered the physical version because there are physical versions too. It's coming out for PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, um, PC steam epic game store all this stuff so uh, i pre-ordered a physical copy of the ps5 version super fucking hyped for that um what did you think about it? are you you think you're gonna get it because we both got it for free because it was free on steam yeah i game. will probably pick it up for the ps5 um is the physical like sold out or it was the initial wave sold out but they said check with our retail partners and so i found it on best buy the release date is oh, okay. much further back than July 30th, but I was like, I want it. So right. they said Best Buy, Target, and I think Walmart all have that. Or GameStop. I think it was GameStop. Okay. Um, so I would check those if you're still interested. Yeah. I sort of assume that they're going to make more. I don't think it's going to be super limited quantity, but um, this is also a strangely very popular game with a certain group of people. So I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if it did sell it like out. <laughs> Because it's mostly like uh, weebs and like, which is weird because the game is so, it, I, well, I don't want to say more, more about that, but yeah, you should. Um, <laughs> if you haven't checked it out, maybe $30 is still too steep, but we don't want to say anything because part of the excitement of the game, we've said this before, is um, how it plays with expectations. So it actually sort of benefits you to not have any expectations going in or just yes. to have expectations based on the artwork so if you're interested i believe the original core base version is still free on steam i think it always has been so if you want to check it out uh it's a short game very easy to play it's a visual novel so just kind of clicking through and making minimal choices uh so highly recommend that if you're curious about doki doki literature club plus and why a lot of people are hyped for it um did you see anything else anything that you want to follow up on or touch on not no, not really. All right. Well, how do you feel in general about the first couple of days? If you had to give it a grade, I know a lot of gaming sites like to do this. If you had to give a give give the overall first half <laughs> a letter grade, what do you think you'd give it? Uh, honestly, probably a B or a B plus. Oh, interesting. Okay. You think us? What would you give it? Uh, for me, I'd probably give it like a B or a B minus. So I'm pretty oh, close. Okay, okay, all right. All right. Um, I was like, "What? You're giving us an A? Like, uh. well, well." So, mo- so much of it is is Xbox. I think Xbox had such a strong showing, yes. even if it didn't show the couple of things that I really wanted it to show. That was just me personally. I think they have a pretty pretty wide variety of games, some really exciting stuff, some teasers. So their presentation was so strong that like the relatively mediocre feeling that I had after Ubisoft and the very 
dour feeling I had after Square Enix yeah. is kind of balanced out. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, like B, B minus, I think. Okay. All right. Um, well, thank you for, well, no, wait, I can't say thank you for listening. This is not the end of the show. Yeah. I was going to say, Coming how are you going to transfer to the have, second? <laughs> I'm going to do some, some, in some music. You know how they do music between segments? We don't have yeah. music. So I'm just going to, I'm going to say, thanks for joining me tab. Coming up, Ron's going to join me to talk about Nintendo and Capcom, and Ron's going to give some of his thoughts on some of these things. So come back. Some music, and I don't want to. I don't want to fade out because I'm lazy. So I'll fade out. I'll be. I'll go. Hand in transition music. Did that work? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome back. I'm here with Ron. I don't have any interstitial music, so we're just kind of jumping on. Ron, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic after that 30-minute setup. That was, yeah, I and I think everything's working. And the thing is, I left my computer up because I'm like, I'm just going to leave it up. Don't have to touch anything and and still, still with the problems. Um, so this is the last day of E3. E3 just concluded i mean i think there's still like a couple of very small little showcases right at the end like razor and i can't remember what the other one was but the big ones the big quote-unquote notable ones are all done said and done so i talked yesterday which of course when you're listening to the podcast is not going to be yesterday it's going to be one big mega mega podcast episode but yesterday tab and i went through the first two and a half days and now Ron's here to talk about the last day and a half with me. But before we get to the new stuff, I wanted to touch base with you and talk about things from the last few days that you've seen that really jumped out. Are there any games that like are on your list? You're definitely going to get day one, or that you're like super excited about? Uh, there's a there's a couple that for me like there, there wasn't like a lot that I was like blown away by, and or you know stuff like that, just stuff that I'm not like super interested. In. A lot of a lot of uh you know, sequels to series that like I never really cared for in the first place. Um, going through this list here, starting from the beginning. Um, let's see, there was nothing really so much in the summer games fest thing. Uh, Lake seemed, uh, pretty interesting. Uh, that's the, um, uh, like story. Well, what is it? Like, um, the girl is like, a, goes back to her hometown to be like a, post office or postal worker for like a yes, two yeah. month period or whatever. That seems like a nice little interesting uh story driven um mystery. I, I totally forgot the plot of it, you know. It's been, it's been I don't know if they went I don't, I don't know if they set a plot. It's just like they showed you t- driving the mail truck and like delivering mail and like forming relationships. So I don't it, know if it they said, said it said there was supposed to be like some like in, you're supposed to like find some interesting things I thought like, you know, like Oh, like what's been happening since you've been gone or something like that. Okay. I, I could be totally making that up too. Like I said, it's been, it's been a long no, we, three days. We've seen a lot of footage. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was definitely on our list as well. That one looks really good. Um, The, uh, not so much in the gorilla one than the lake. Um, I'm slightly more interested in Far Cry 6 now after seeing the, um, the boat trailer um seeing the darker tone of it um still don't know if i'm gonna play it but it seems more interesting so um it's it was interesting to me that there were different demos like when ubisoft showed their demo 
it focused on, like you said, like a little bit of the darker tone. But then when they showed the demo or a different uh, trailer during Microsoft's press conference, it was more about like the fun and the shooting. Yeah, and the, the off the wall, so, like, they, shit stuff. Yeah, they sh- sort of got got two two different views of it. So I thought that was kind of yeah, interesting. I don't, I don't, I don't really like how they are doing the E3 with like splitting people or splitting like stuff up like that, like showing mm-hmm. one trailer on this. Sh- you know, showcase and then a different one on another showcase and then like kind of another showcase is like chopping those two trailers up and then showing, you know, a, a mixed version of that. Like you could just not have that in that showcase too and maybe just make the other showcases shorter. I don't know, especially if you don't have anything yeah. new to say about them too. It's like I don't yeah, I don't want to spoil the Bandai Namco event. <laughs> expansive oh, yeah, epic that, events. Yeah, that, that that's why but we're late because we had that w- ran you, long. <laughs> if your entire showcase is something um that we've already seen plus an interview, you know, maybe you shouldn't have signed up for a time, but but we'll get to that. We'll, we'll I mean, maybe that. it's like, you know, games? maybe it's like standard E3. Like, if you lose it, you lose your space, sort of thing. If you don't sign up, you're going to lose your spot. That's that's very true. Yeah, and then they so, may may have kind of docked about it behind closed doors and said well we don't really want to show these other things so we have to show something to show... otherwise we're going to lose it yeah. um the uh still still interested in back for blood um yeah a, a little more really... no, a little more so now like i've still like not really hyped about like class based like shooters and stuff like that i don't like being tied to a character that has specific abilities i'd rather just be able to play any character and have them have the same abilities or whatever i rather attach abilities to a character rather than have the abilities attached to a character. Um, you know, cause sometimes characters are shitty and like, you don't want to have to deal with like their chit chattery, but you really like their, how they play, you know, sort of thing. That's why I kind of bounce yeah. off borderlands. Like I hate, I hated like the, the soldier character, but like, that's usually what I play. You know, I don't like doing like, you know, silent or, you know, like snipery stuff. I'd rather just like go mm-hmm. in, but, fucking hated the character for the soldier character so it's like in left for dead they have i remember there being specific weapons for characters but i don't remember if that was exclusive i think it was wasn't it like bill had like the m16 or ar15 kind of weapon right no Um, is he the only one who could use it no uh, they could all they could all use any any guns because it was it was like what it was like four different like heavy weapons and then like a handgun and at the time, that was it. And then they introduced... Were there, were there melees in the first one? I can't remember. I don't think there were melee weapons so. in the first yeah, one. I think I it was just like so. the the pistols and um, like the heavier guns. But no, they could all use the same guns uh, and all that stuff. It, you, no it's one was just tied. you started out with... I think that was the thing. You initially started out with one okay. specific weapon. And then you could go get the other ones uh, when you hit the safe, safe zones and stuff like that. I think. That makes I don't sense, know. yeah. Um, uh, contraband sounded interesting, but eh, you know, that could go either way, obviously. Like they just literally showed a, you know, flashy little, like, you know, basic ass, you know, here's a premise of a game sort of like, yeah, the Star- sort like- of like the initial Starfield trailer where it was just like, here's a premise. See you in four years. Right. It's I I mean you say premise but I almost hear promise too because that's what it seems like is like it's it's really just a tease they give you a little bit of like the tone you can like 
you can read into it and say, well, I assume that because they showed this, we're going to get this, but they don't, there's no guarantee of that. So it's kind of a promise of like the feel, the vibe that you get from this trailer will deliver on it later and show you some stuff that proves it. Trust us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I mean, it is a Bethesda kinda, game. So that was a Bethesda game, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Starfield or Contraband? Or Contraband. I, those I was, think so. Yeah. Yeah. So that could go either way, obviously. Right. Um, if it's anything like Smuggler's Run, I may enjoy it. But also that being said, it's probably going to be an Xbox exclusive, so I'll probably never get to play it. Uh, <laughs> that that was. Are you going to get one eventually? I mean, if I can get it for a good price, I'm not going to try to get one anytime soon, obviously, because that's a lot of money for a system that I'm going to play like one or two games for, you know? Right. Like, I think um, uh, in that showcase, like, like... Yeah, the Halo multiplayer was like that seems fun to me because again, like yeah, like that's you know that's Halo, that's Halo multiplayer. Like I we used to have so much fun playing that back in the day. Mm-hmm. And like watching that trailer just of just in the multiplayer, I'm like, Yeah, those were those were good times. Those were fun times. Yeah. Makes me almost want to get that was... the, the PC the Master Chief collection on PC and then like play it that way at least. But that's also yeah, I... effort. <laughs> I mentioned that with uh in my segment with Tab, like I they showed the single player part of the Halo trailer, and I was like, that looks pretty good. I'm interested. I think I'm probably on board. And then they showed multiplayer, and exactly like you said, at all these flashbacks of Halo Three and how much fun we used to have. And can't you do know, shit and, but and, throw grenades. <laughs> uh, we used to. Um, I don't remember what the level is called, but is that one level with the like the gravity elevator, um, gra- gravity, uh, the, the man cannon jump things, yeah, the jump pads, little elevator things, yeah. And um, we would when we we're run, we were running by them. If we had any plasma grenades, we would just throw them just randomly. <laughs> we'd we kept we'd, sticking we'd, this we'd, one yeah, group. We'd, we'd usually we'd usually stick them. We we were pretty good at, back in the day. Yeah. Um, and this one team just got so angry at us for that, and we weren't being cheap or anything, but. But that was the thing is like when you get in early enough with a first person shooter or an online multiplayer, you know, competitive game like that, you have a sense of confidence. I hate going into those things late because you always feel Mm -hmm. like you're on the back foot learning and like at a disadvantage. But we got into that right away. We ranked up really quick. Um, We knew all the levels. So, you know, we we were we were pretty good at it. And And we we played for hours just against each other for the longest time. Like, yeah, I spent so much time. Yeah, and they, they have bots now, so yeah. we don't even need friends. That's perfect. Exactly. Who needs friends? But um, I spent so many hours in the uh, editor feature, too. You can go and like make mm-hmm. little videos and take pictures and stuff. We used to take all these kinds of funny pictures. I still have all those screenshots of me just getting you with that band hammer multiple times. But there times. was the one time, I think it was you, it was either you or Brian, but like one of us, uh, I think it was you, I like sniped you from across the map. No, I sniped or, no, no, you. You sniped me. Yes. You sniped me. And I was like, that went like ricocheted off my gun. And you were like, no, like I hit you right in the head. And I was like, no, like on my screen, you couldn't hit my head. You you hit the side of my gun and it ricocheted. And so you went in your editor and got a picture out of the picture of the head the headshot. And then I went in my editor and got a picture of the ricochet. Your, so it was funny because like. One. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah! I totally just photoshopped it. I, I must have had skills back then because, yeah, damn, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, but like, it shows like these online games aren't super precise. But the editor allows you to go in and like capture the what you saw and like I don't know. I just 
I love that experience. So I, I am really excited for that. I'm definitely getting getting some Halo. So that's one of the games you think that you would get an Xbox for? That, that is probably one that I would get. I, I hope that they actually just put it out on PC too. I don't... It says Xbox exclusive, but does that mean Xbox console exclusive or just Xbox exclusive? Like it's only going to be on like their their Game Pass or something like that. But um, Did you ever get an Xbox One? No, I did not. Okay. I, 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 I would have probably used too. it as much as you used yours. Hey, I played a lot of Sea of Thieves. Period. <laughs> um. <laughs> How about that Captain Jack Sparrow Sea of Thieves expansion? No. Oh, God. Yeah, we talked about that. I was so angry. I, I know <laughs> listeners have already heard me complain about it, but... Uh, you know, every every new thing that they add and they don't add private servers <laughs> just makes me more angry because I'm like, you're like, oh, you know, at, at some point they said they were working on it. They were like, we're looking into it. We're working on it. And it's like, obviously not. You're working on everything but private or local servers. So and also too, like, GTA why? Though. Why? When was the last fucking uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Like fucking 10 years ago? Something like that. Was it? I don't even know. Maybe not, like, maybe not ten was... years. Yeah, maybe maybe ten years ago. Maybe, like, yeah. Who who's who's got that fresh in their mind? They're like, hey, you know what's hot right now? Johnny Depp's Captain Jack Sparrow. Let's bring that back. Like no no one asked for that as far as I know. I, I think people are excited. I mean, I would be excited for it if I was gonna play it, but not. <laughs> so um but what, Wait, what was other that, games was are that you... Johnny Depp? In that, I could not tell. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. It sounds like the, I think it might be the voice actor who did him in Kingdom Hearts. Okay. All right. He's like, he's really good. He's really close. It was, but it was pretty close, but not, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I was, oh, I'm trying to pull my phone here. The mic's in the way. way. Um, I was kind of interested in the um, Party Animals game, thinking that it was the Gang Beast developers, but it's not the Gang Beast developers. Um, so fuck that game. <laughs> uh, I mean, because it, it looks exactly like Gang Beast, so I was like, yeah. "Oh, sweet!" Like it's a, like a you know Gang Beast weapons and stuff like that. But no, it's not. It's a completely different developer, and it came out at, like apparently it's already been in early access on PC, so it's already been out for a little bit, and it's just coming to consoles. Um, but yeah, fuck that game. Um, that's the <laughs> shitty thing to say. Uh, and everyone who made it, you and your families. Yes, yes, all of you can burn in hell. Uh, Battle- <laughs> Battlefield 2042 looks pretty okay. Uh, I mm-hmm. still have not played a Battlefield game at all. Like, but it looks that was another good online 1942. Yeah, we were super fucking into that. Well, yeah, because it was like um, a nice stripped down version of like actual Battlefield. Yeah. Because I don't like playing with like assholes. Um, yeah, just you know, Xbox arcade assholes instead. Um, da, 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 what else? Uh, there's another far cry six. Jeez. Uh, 12 minutes. I wish I would wish I would have showed a little bit more, but I guess, you know, the game's only, only 12, 12 minutes. minutes. Yeah. They can't settle down. <laughs> can. It's, it's got an interesting cast lineup. So that's pretty, oh, that's yeah. pretty neat. Uh, foe Daisy Ridley, the outer worlds Two trailer. I mean, obviously that's a fake trailer, but, the, the game, I, I didn't play the first one, uh, but you're saying it's a, you know, Obsidian-ass Fallout game. Uh, oh, yeah. It's so... It, like, I, I don't remember if I said this on the podcast, but after playing Fallout New Vegas, it legitimately feels like the Fallout New Vegas sequel that Obsidian was probably working on before they 
decided to do something go, move away from Fallout or something. Yeah. yeah, because there's a plot line in um, New Vegas that talks about going to space and corporations going out into space. And so mm. I feel like they must have had the kernel of that idea. And I don't know if um, Bethesda was like, no, no thanks. We want to keep it on Earth or what. But it really, the formula you'll immediately feel like you're playing a Fallout game when you play it. So I, I really think you'll right, probably maybe, like it. I'll, I'll probably like it more than I did Skyrim because I did not like Skyrim, but I also don't yeah, like fantasy I mean, stuff. So that's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, so you're not excited at all about Starfield, right? No, 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 <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's space. Space is hard for me too. like, some like we, we talked about a little bit before, but like, you know, I only can do some sci-fi and like, that's it. Like, you know, I, I prefer like at least like earth based stuff, I guess, you know, c- call me, a, you know, don't call me originalist. Cause that's a dumb thing to say. Uh, cause that is not what I am at all. Um, God, it sounds like I'm faking it. Like I am. Uh, anyway. Yeah, no, I just, I nudge, nudge. read, read, spi- uh, read space. What? <sighs> space, what space. Hell? I'm looking at the Redfall You're thing. You're spaced. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I did not drink enough of my coffee. Um, People the Xbox were super and, into to that, to Red Redfall, right? How would you think of that? It, it sounds interesting, but I did like that he was wearing the shirt during the press conference that you couldn't really see what it was. And I'm like, oh, that's yeah. that's the game. That's neat, I guess. I guess that's what I that's forgot. That's favorite, favorite I, forgot to, I forgot to. I forgot to. That's what they do at E three. They wear a shirt that <laughs> for the game that they're going to announce. That's the big deal. Also, that was a weird thing to end it on. Like, I yeah. felt like that. That was not like a, you know, that was not a showstopper. Like, well, they didn't end it on that. Was they it? Ended oh, it. oh, yeah. The most the important Xbox thing was the Xbox Main Fridge. Which I'll, I'll probably get one of those. I'll get one of those instead of an actual Xbox. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely fun to make fun of, but I I am like, I mean, if someone bought that for me for Christmas, I'd I wouldn't be mad. Do a dance, yeah. <laughs> Take note, listeners. No, um, my Amazon wish list is no. I'm just kidding. Um, what about Microsoft Flight Simulator? Because I, you know, again, listeners, I already heard me gush about this. Weirdly enough, that was a standout to me. I'm like, how the fuck did they get that running on an Xbox Series X? You know, I'm so curious, and I'm weirdly kind of hyped about that. Did you have any interest in that? Uh, I. I do, except I would probably play that on PC just for the... I'm I'm sure... It, well, I mean... So that game is fucking huge. I don't know if you know yeah. that. The install size is like almost 200 gigabytes. Yeah, that and, it takes hours to install, and it like melts your computer when you run it. So I'm like, is that going to be the only game I ever play on my Xbox Series X? And it's going to be like a little meltdown. And then you have to put it in the Xbox fridge to cool it down. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, ass- like, I'm assuming that they've worked on some sort of you know optimization optimization and they're going to get it running uh well on one of those systems but yeah that i mean it looks really pretty and i've watched plenty of streams and like it looks fucking fantastic and looks fun as shit um but i could see myself like playing it and being like this is way too much for me like sort of thing and like or i'm just gonna want to just kind of dick around and you know fly way too close to the ground and constantly crash um (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it it look like I said, it looks really good. I'd like to actually like see it running on a system and like do like a side by side and see how it looks on yeah. a, a, a good PC versus that. But I probably, you know, I, I'm 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 no, I guess I'm not surprised that they didn't end on that because that's a 
that's a very niche thing. Um, all right, let's see. What else? What else was there? Uh, the Square Enix. Da, 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 hmm. The, uh, hmm. I thought there was something else in Square Enix that I had. Hmm, maybe not. Nope, I guess not. Final Fantasy VII, The First Soldier? Babylon's Fall? No. I'd rather have Bayonetta than something else by Mobile Platinum. games? <laughs> mobile, yes, all the mobile games. Give me all those mobile The, the Hitman Sniper sounded kind of interesting, know. but mm, I mean, it being a phone game and all. Yeah. Um, I noticed that you do not have the uh, Devolver or uh, some of the other indie ones on this uh, I have, yeah, spreadsheet. Yeah, we have two big here. ones. You don't have Devolver on here. Devolver had some oh, We didn't stuff. have Devolver. Uh, Devol- had... I think Devolver had... Um, I think they had the Atomic Heart trailer. No. Who had the Atomic Heart trailer? Was that them? I don't, I don't Atomic remember. Heart is... Uh, I'm not, hold on. I need to... Open up a tab. Me here. after I eat Taco Bell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's atomic, atomic fart. fart. <laughs> um, no, that's no. Mm-mm. No, that no. Mine worked. Unlike your Ben Navesley or whatever. The, see, Ben Navesley works better than whatever you were trying to say. <laughs> uh, atomic heart. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was a first person. Oh, it was kind of like a. Um like a fallout, but actually set in like apocalyptic, uh, or not apocalyptic, like a uh, post like nuclear fallout Russia, uh, <laughs> during like the actual 1950s. Um, the trailer for it was just kind of bonkers off the wall. It had fucking like J pop in the background. I was really confused <laughs> as to what it was, but it seems pretty interesting. Uh, that was during, no, actually, that was during the uh, Xbox uh, stream. It looks like that was re- announced for that. Is it coming? I'm ass- I think it's coming to other consoles as well. Yeah, it's PlayStation 5 and all that stuff. Uh, let's see what else. What else is on my list that's not on your list? Uh, so I also had Back of Blood, Halo Multiplayer, Get Packed Fully Loaded, which was a multiplayer. Um, moving game, sort of like in the vein of like a uh, overcooked or something like that, where everyone's trying to work together and uh, pack up, you know, run a packing a moving company and stuff like that. Right. Um, that seemed kind of ridiculous. That's Uh, interesting because there was another indie game where you unpack. Yes. The whole game was you unpacking boxes. I I saw that one where you're kind of like unpacking your house and going through trend. Yeah, packing, moving. (laughs) <laughs> it's all it's people are like you know what we haven't gamified yet <laughs> the, the worst thing in the world moving <laughs> um i was actually surprised so the other day i was thinking like man you know it'd be really fun a new fight night game i really miss like yeah. i like i don't like boxing i fucking hate boxing and you know ufc and all that shit but mm-hmm. i love playing the games um mm-hmm. and i love being able to knock a motherfucker out um, so that esports boxing club, uh, seemed pretty interesting cause it, it's using also like, it's using actual like physics and stuff like that. So like, you know, it's got that, like, you know, just graze someone sort of thing or get like a nice heavy hit as they're leaning into it. And like I said, knock a motherfucker out. Uh, so that seems, that seems pretty interesting to me, whether it's going to be good or not. I don't know, because I don't, I don't even remember what studio is developing that. 
And also it's got a stupid name, eSports Boxing Club. <laughs> like, couldn't come up with a better name than that. Yeah, Fight Night was great when it was kind of its in-betweens, when it was like between arcadey and really technical. Because when it got really technical, I, I lost interest because it kind of like the same thing with like the sports games, the other sports games, basketball and football. Like when you have to consider like 12 different things just to make one move, for me personally, that's not why I'm playing it. I'm playing it to just pick it up and like you said, just knock a motherfucker out. Like that's, well, that, that's, that's all why I, I liked the, like the, 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 the later Fight Night, like the... Um excuse me uh the what was it fight night champion was okay but the one before that well like the last one on um not the last one on 360 but the one before champion like i can't remember round three i think it was what it was called around whatever that one was um that one was that one was good because i like the i like actually using the, the stick to like punch people like you know using the stick to like you know do an uppercut or you know like a jab and all that stuff i got really good at just like you know, using the right stick to like throw punches and stuff like that and doing it all through that. And then just using like the shoulder buttons as like modifiers. Like that was like mm. the easiest way to play it rather than like, you know, remembering button combinations and all that stuff. Um, right. And I'm hoping that this will do some of that, but I don't, I'm trying to find out who the developer of this game is. Um, uh, I'm assuming that's under here. Least a roster. It's got a hundred licensed boxers. Uh, will there be realistic knockouts? I would hope so. Um, <laughs> I can't. I can't find out. No, they explode into a <laughs> That would be Boom, cool. What a shot. That would be cool he as well. Turned into a chicken. I mean, it's not as cool as like having you know the Burger King King, uh, in there like Fight Night did. But you know, yeah. Uh, I do. I do not know what developer this is. It's a, 1024 is that the developer uh sure steel oh steel city interactive never heard of that mm. developer at all i mean it looks really good though it looks pretty realistic so it actually looks like a fight night game based on i mean i guess it's a boxing game like how many different views and stuff can you actually get and make it look good yeah uh it's no ring king that's for sure <laughs> um um god you I was just going to say take two uh, didn't show anything. They had a panel and it seemed like we were talking about before we started recording. It seems like a lot of these companies were like, oh, yeah, we'll be there. But they weren't really clear at the start or it wasn't reported clearly. I think it, I, I suspect it's that they weren't clear about what they were going to show. Um, they just sort of threw their hat in the ring and said, yes, we'll be there. And then it was like, oh, they're going to be giving a panel, and it was a panel on diversity and inclusion, which yeah, of course it was, is very it was, important. It was, but... it was a very, it was a very nice panel. I, I, I mean, I, I caught a little bit of. It. I didn't watch the whole thing because I was like, I'm trying to like get ready for this podcast and all that stuff. So I'm like right. trying to scrub through other ones that I've missed. But like, it's not what people tune into E3 for. You know what I mean? Like, panels are typically more of like a local thing that participants or attendees get to go to. And some of them have become public over the over the years, but this one didn't really feel like a natural, organic panel like that you would see in real life. Um, it seemed very scripted and guided, which again, no problem with that necessarily. And I do think that their the message was really important, um, particularly coming from Take Two. Mm -hmm. But I was like, really, like that again? Like you could have done your own separate thing, like being like, oh yeah, Take Two is going to be at E three. Well, I'm kind of wondering. Did they actually have anything like that's ready to like show? Like, 
I mean, Rockstar's not going to show anything. Like, Rockstar does 2K, though? What do they got Between besides like a, besides a sports Rockstar. game? What do they got besides a sports game coming out? All kinds of sports games. <laughs> yeah, so it's like... Um, and Rockstar, Rockstar doesn't have to go to... When's the last time Rockstar went to an E3 to debut something? Yeah. Like, probably GTA 3, if that. The last thing yeah. that they actually like showed in E3, uh, they don't they don't need to do that anymore. Um, yeah. And also, yeah, like you're saying, like you know, that's that's something that you would see at an E3, like as a side thing, not as like the main showcase. But like you know, they don't have anything, and and if if it is a situation where like they have to show something, otherwise they lose their spot, sort of deal. Um, you know. Why not do something like that? Also, yeah, uh, chats are terrible. <laughs> yeah, don't. Yeah, well, I don't know why you even bothered. Well, like because, immediately, I go to hide chat. <laughs> well, because like when I was like trying to pull it up, like I was, um, it was dumb. I was watching some of the stuff through the the giant bomb. Like I was watching them talk over some of that stuff, and it would occasionally go to uh their like blue screen that says like you're not watching this on Twitch, so we're gonna we're gonna cut out the feed for like thirty seconds and like really like that's that's dumb first and foremost yeah uh because it's not blocking ads because i shouldn't be able to i shouldn't see ads anyway because i have twitch prime but you know that's what they do um but yeah then like when i would load it up on twitch like i'd always forget to like close the chat and it would just be open and i'm like oh, why, why do i why do i still have this on and then yeah Thankfully, it scrolls yeah. fast enough that you can't actually read most of it, but a lot of it's just like that dumb fucking lazy fat face or whatever. I don't even know what the, the mode is. Um, but yeah, just terrible, terrible fucking people. Yeah, uh, in the future with E3, like if they're, I don't, I don't think they're going to do it online. They said they're going to be back in person next year, but if they were to do this, I would love for them to separate it out because it does make it more accessible. Like they're, you know, thousands upon thousands, if not, if not millions of people that can't go to E3 that would love to. And so if you could make it more accessible and stream parts of it, I do think that would be great, but have it separated into showcases and panels or discussions or something so that it's clear that like when you're tuning in, cause you're so excited to hear the you know latest hot news or whatever, you're not them like, Hey everyone, welcome to a panel on, you know, uh, start screens or something, which, Hey, for me, that would be fascinating. But like for the average person, I think they're like, no, I'm, I want to see trailers and stuff. Yeah, like I, that, I, I, so. Or at least like some new insight and like some sort of gain that maybe you like teased like, you know, five years ago, but right. yeah, like, like, the, like we were talking about, like the WB games, like, you know, showcase was literally just back for blood. And mm-hmm. it was like just showing a, a long, a slightly longer trailer of stuff we've already seen. And then going a little more in depth, like, I didn't I didn't really need that. Like I'm already interested in the yeah. game. I don't need to like know any more about it really. So but it did uh it did get me a little more excited in playing it, but you know, still like that that was literally the only thing in that showcase. Showcase. Same thing with unquote. Bandai Namco. Let's let's just get get Bandai oh, Namco. Get right out into of the, the beef of this here. Hey, we were gonna we were gonna finish that last, but um Bandai Namco just showed the dark pictures anthology um crap i've seen it twice and i'm already forgetting the name um, um house of ashes yeah. and they showed the same trailer that they showed at, at one of the other events one of the other i think it was microsoft um one of the other showcases and then they showed a short interview that basically didn't show any new footage they just talked about what you can expect from the game and so 
you know, again, I sort of appreciated it because I, you know, but it's not selling me anything. I'm already getting the game, so I didn't need it. Like, my favorite part of that particular show was Lauren Carter, the host. Uh, the other, the interviewer, she had pink hair. She had glasses. She was very, she had a British accent. I mean, come on. Um, so, so she was great. I'll, I'll, but I'll play tab on this one. That. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, for me, that was the highlight. Uh, she was, she was very cool and she dressed all gothy. All right. I'm going to shut up. Um, but that was it. That's all Bandai Namco showed. So and it was, and it was literally announced... like, I'm, I'm making coffee. I'm like, okay, I'm going to at least catch a little bit of this. And they're just like saying like, oh, it's this showcase for this. I'm like, really? That's all you're going to talk about. And then like in the like 10 minutes that I was making coffee, it's like, it's over. And like, here's yeah. some more gameplay. Like, oh, all right. I guess. Yeah. I guess. And then you text me like, all right, I'm ready. I'm like, all right, I guess Let's I need go. to get all this shit together real quick here. I had to delete all this, the placeholders for the new Soul Calibur and Ace Combat. <laughs> um, not really, but those were games that I wanted to see. And they're and, not going to show know. them because they probably don't have anything ready yet. Yeah. If they're going to do um, I so I jumped ahead a little bit, but let's go back. Is there any anything else uh, from the first few days that you let's see, were talking about that? What, that Tony Hawk game, right? Oh, uh, the uh, uh, Skatebird. Uh, <laughs> Skatebird looks pretty, pretty adorable and pretty cute. Oh. Uh, it look, it looks fun. It looks like Tony Hawk except with birds, and it looks, it looks tweet. Get it? Tweet <laughs> like sweet, tweet. but tweet. Get it? Instead it looks sweet. tweet. Yeah. See. Yeah. Tony uh, Hawk. See? Tony Hawk. Tony. It's your favorite <laughs> skater, right? Tony Bird. Tony uh, Hawk. We we made that joke in the we made that joke in the pre-show. Uh, should have been there. Uh, <laughs> assholes. Uh, severed steel sounded pretty interesting. Did you see? That? I think that was during the. No, that was not during. Which one was that? Was that during the uh, Devolver or God? There were so sure there were so many like one. small shows. Uh-huh. Uh, like from just like random company, like uh, limited run games had one too, which I thought was kind of weird. Um. Most and they're of, releasing the one of the worst games of all time in physical media. Did you see that? Missed. Plumbers don't. Oh, nice. Damn. I almost missed a missed joke. Um, God, man. Fuck that. Plum, yeah. Plumbers uh, don't wear ties. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. That. I mean, they did. They did do a physical version of the Night Trap for tw- the 25th right. anniversary. And that game is not good. Uh, yeah. So this why not? Sounds worse. But. Why not do that? You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Severed Steel is a uh like a combo based like shooter, like fast paced shooter game. Uh kind of looks like uh a little bit of bullet storm, except like faster and like less story. Uh and your character, uh you play as Steel, a nimble one armed shark shooter on a mission. Uh there is no reloading. Pick your shots well and be ready to pry a loaded weapon from your enemy's cold dead hands. Uh, so it's kind of it's also kind of like a, a little bit of a super hot as well. Uh, it looks mixed in there. It does have some like bullet time uh, effects and all that stuff, but it looks it looked pretty good. It was pretty fast, like watching the uh, watching the trailer there. Uh, there was that. There was a happy game, uh, happy which game. I don't remember that one. I don't remember who was developing that or where. I think that was in the I think that was in the limited. Is that in the limited run games showcase? 
Also, can we talk about how bad some of these like pre-produced shows were? Like, yeah, you had a lot of time to work on these things, and like, that's really the best you could do. Maybe, yeah, maybe actually hire some like joke writers, um, or people are actually like okay at doing it. I mean, yeah, I I'm trying to not be too negative because a lot of people are being super negative about E3, but there are things like that where it's like hard to not comment on because. It's not like you didn't expect there to be some kind of E3 or like showcase in the summer. So I like you're not putting much effort into it. And E3 is what a lot of gamers come to to get really hyped and excited um, and see all these new games and everything. And then when you don't seem to care all that much, it's it makes it harder to get hyped and to be like, let me go spread the word because it's like, oh, well, you don't seem to be taking this seriously. Well, so. yeah, And also to or it's like they try way too hard to like make yeah. jokes about something and it's just like I, I think it was during the limited run one and andrew's like are they trying to be funny and i'm like i think so but yeah <laughs> uh happy game is a game um that will be coming out it is a point and click adventure game um it, it obviously the name is uh you know not part of the actual game because it's also a horror adventure game uh it seems really dark and um really depressing but it seemed interesting that little bit uh let's see i got i think one more martha is dead was one of the mm. ones that was i feel um, like you're covering a bunch of stuff that i didn't even either i didn't see or i don't remember so wow well, who, who's the real here. gamer here uh, <laughs> uh i don't remember what show this was on either uh but it's coming out for all major consoles it is a also an adventure game where you are trying to find out um Honestly, that that's one of the things too is like I I'm like, oh that sounds interesting, but that I didn't write anything down about what what it was what the premise actually was. It just seemed Who's interesting. Who's the real gamer now? Who's the real gamer? Well, me still, because I know these <laughs> games and you don't. So um Mother Jesus, where's the Wikipedia? Um uh, anyway, it's a uh, uh, psychological vendor set in Tuscany's countryside, uh which will be the only emotional life. Oh yeah, this is sort of like um you're guiding someone through um uh, uh i'm i'm terrible at this podcast cut all this I'm gonna, out. <laughs> no leave it all in i'm gonna get shot see i got the i'm already messing up that that sniper's on me again this plays really well in the audio podcast i'm not taking the time to edit this, this is gonna be such a long episode already i'm not yeah, editing i mean so. why should you <laughs> Let everybody know all the bad stuff. Uh, 1944, you're, I can't pronounce that name, a young woman who is fleeing with her wealthy family from the war's front on the Gothic line. Uh, it just seemed like an interesting premise, and it looked really nice huh. and dark and stuff like that. And I think that That's was... Like an in- indie game? Uh, indie-ish, I think. I don't, I'm not sure. The developer, the developer is LKA. Huh. I'm not familiar uh they looks like they put out a game called the town of light yeah they're indie indie game development and their site is untrustworthy because it does not have a uh, valid certificate no it's a not a valid certificate oh but that's just no jesus christ and it doesn't have uh https so proceed anyway yes i know it's i know it's unsafe uh what else now you're they, playing they, the i got a virus game <laughs> they put out a game called the town of light uh nope. but and that seems to be the only game that they put it put out so far and it also takes place in like the 
late 1930s, late 1940s. So they, they have a time period they enjoy. Um, but I think up until today, that was about, that's all that's on my list at the moment. So that yeah. means we could talk about the, what is it? Capcom and Nintendo stuff. Yeah. Those are the last two big ones. We already, we talked enough about Bandai Namco and, uh, the beautiful Lauren, but, um, Capcom and Nintendo, I think that a tale of two cities, a tale of two showcases, because Capcom's was, um, ultimately for me, and it seems like for many people, given the takes on Twitter that I've seen pretty disappointing. Um, was there anything that stood out to you? I, that I don't like Monster Hunter. <laughs> and there was a lot of it. Yeah, yeah that was, <laughs> they showed Monster Hunter stories to Wings of Ruin, which, you know not i'm not super into uh and then they showed uh uh monster hunter rise content which number one there's a collab uh collaboration with wings of ruin and then there's going to be some dlc so lots of monster hunter so for monster hunter fans maybe you're very excited it doesn't seem like it based on twitter again but (laughs) maybe i'm just following the most cynical kind of people um phoenix Wright, the great ace attorney chronicles i thought we already knew about so I mean, they showed quite I, a bit of. I gameplay. think I th- it might have been like something that like they they hinted at it or that there was going to be a new one, but I don't remember anything other than that. So okay. this is the this is this kind of the first time I'm hearing about it, so it's new to me. But also, it's it, like, mm. yeah, I I was mostly just excited for Resident Evil Village because. Um, before the show started, I was like, all right, well, let me keep my expectations in check. They said they're only going to talk about Resident Evil Village, Monster Hunter, and Phoenix Wright, so I'm just going to expect that. Anything else would be a bonus. But I was like, you know, if I at least get like a peek at some Resident Evil Village DLC, I'll be happy. I didn't even get that because for Resident Evil Village, they said that RE-verse is coming out next month. Mm-hmm. We already knew that. We've already seen it. There's a demo. We played I played it. Um, How is it, by the so way? That's I all they said I haven't was, tried it. How is it? It was okay. Um, I didn't play a lot of it, but it was surprisingly it was surprisingly decent. I could see it's free, so like I could see playing it if someone else wanted to. If you wanted to try it, I could yeah. see playing a little it's, bit. It's, it seemed. I don't interesting. know that we would get into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then for Resident Evil Village, I love I love this. I love this so much. <laughs> this is the worst thing to do to people. They didn't say anything. They just, they showed, they, they show it. The director came on and he said, wow, everyone really loves Resident Evil Village. We were so blown away by the support. Thank you so much. And then he, he showed, they showed a black screen that just said, by popular demand, development has just started on additional DLC for Resident Evil Village. More info later. That's it. I now, love, of course, there's a lot of. I love the fact that like they knew going into like eight that like people were really hyped on it, like with all the Lady D stuff, and it's like yeah, they're like, okay, I guess people like this game. I guess we should start working on it now, a month after the game's been out, you know, instead of like start working yeah. on it. I don't know, as soon as the game went gold. I mean, I don't well, know. I think it really it proves their point or their argument that they didn't realize Lady D was going to be big. They said at some point, like, we never realized yeah. she was going to get that popular. And it's like, this proves it because they because w- there is a lot of meaning in this line. I wish they would have sent they would have done something more visual, like they would have had a very brief line of Lady D or something being like Ethan Winters or something be like by popular demand. Like that would have been a little bit more titillating, but they were literally, there's a black screen. Oh yeah. yeah, Double titillating. Yep. Um, 
But no, they just were like, you know, and again, there is a lot of meaning here because it says development has just started on additional DLC. So what that tells me okay. is that yeah. they've already been developing DLC. There's probably a Chris thing in there. There's a huge focus on Chris and he's not a huge part of the game. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a, he's an important part of the game, but the focus is definitely not on him. It's on Ethan. Um, and so I'm certain that there's going to be Chris DLC, but like was that going to be it? And you were just like way late. You were like, Oh my God, hold on a second. People love lady D. Now we got to do something. Now we have to produce some DLC. So it's like, it's, it's nice to know that it's been confirmed. I've seen some news sites being like, maybe, maybe not. Who else are they talking about? It's a fucking lady D DLC. Get out of here. Um, but it's probably not going to be coming for another year, at least. Like if they just started working on it, it's I, I I wonder if that was like a last minute addition to the to their um showcase, which is why it was yeah. just a title card. They're like, should we announce this? Should we should should we actually say something about it? Should we wait or like yeah. eh, maybe we'll just at least say something, you know? And then they just threw that title card up. Like I feel like they had to do something with Resident Evil Village because sales aside, which it's been selling very well, like it's been the talk of the gaming sphere for the last few months because of Lady D. So um, I feel like they ha- had to mention it, but it's almost like I'm not going to say I wish they wouldn't have added anything, but it's almost nothing. It's just confirmation of Lady D DLC, which, again, that's what I want. That's the only thing I want. Is it, is it confirmation of that, though, you think? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, they, they put out a statement previously saying we're surprised by how popular Lady D has become. Um, we didn't expect it, blah, blah, blah. And so the, there's no other character that they've used that language with. So it just, they said by popular demand, like that phrasing right there, there's, I feel like there's, um, so with the DLC, with the the Resident Evil DLC, like they they confirmed the Lady D thing. Um, I know you were you were not sure if the, if it was an actual confirmation, but I don't see how it can be any other thing because they've released a statement previously talking about how um, they were surprised by Lady Dimitrescu's popularity. They were like, we never expected. They put out a couple of statements about that, so she's the only character that they've said anything about. Like, oh, we're surprised. So the by popular demand part. There, there's no way there's there's that she's the only character they've used that language with so i don't think there's okay i um, can i, I can, would, I I could see that i could see that yeah um because like what because what else would it be like by popular demand more dlc on chris yeah i don't think so by popular um, demand more fly swatters yeah oh that <laughs> that mod that was a that was a good mod um <laughs> i definitely encourage people to go check out resident evil village mods because there's some there's some good ones out there already is that the is one that, with is lady just on, hat is that just on pc or, i think so yeah okay. i was gonna say I'm like, yeah. i i would I, I can't see that the console versions having mod support it's not a bethesda game i don't yeah i don't think so yeah there's the one with the hat every time you look at lady d her hat gets bigger oh, and it just becomes this like huge giant and she's like swimming in it but like <laughs> every time you look at her, her hat gets bigger that was, that was really good so i out. guess that's it for for capcom nothing too exciting nothing too unpredictable or anything like that but nintendo i thought had a great showing um of course as I mentioned in, in a previous podcast, like there's plenty from Nintendo that I want and that I don't normally get. But overall, I thought they had a really great showing. Tons of games. 
Um, what about this one stood out to you? Any, any, uh, I mean, yeah, there's, there, you know, there's, there's a lot more that I would thought I was going to be interested in. Um, cause most of the time it's just like, mm, you know, a bunch of weird series that I don't really, uh, care about too much, but like, uh, the Metroid, um, like a, a 2d Metroid, like looks really good. Like I would yeah. definitely play that. Um, that was a cool surprise too. I heard people saying like, oh, what I really want is a new 2d Metroid. And I was like, hmm, I don't know and if you'll get of, that. And none one... of those motherfuckers are going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the problem is, yeah, the last one, um, everyone was very excited for the last 2D Metroid, which they said came out almost 20 years ago or something, which is like, what the fuck? Wait. I did not think it was 20 years. Oh, yeah. It they was, said it, it was 19. It was, it. wait, 19? That was two years ago, not 20 years ago. They said it was 19 years ago. 19 years ago? So that would have been. Yeah, 19. Oh, okay. So 19, that would have been. Probably the um uh GBA the GBA ones, yeah. The not the it wasn't zero mission. There was one that they put out after that. Uh I think. Was it? Yeah. But yeah, it was yeah, it was it, it was yeah. definitely it was definitely on the GBA. That was the last uh-huh. of a two D Metroid. Um I mean that 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 Super Metroid PC remake that was getting a lot of Steam that you know Nintendo killed because Nintendo does what Nintendo does. What? <laughs> that almost, that almost, worked. almost, almost. <laughs> I, I almost had it there. Uh, Nintendo does what Nintendo do, uh, and kills like any fan made project. Um, you know, that was picking up a lot of steam. So I wonder if they actually actually saw the interest in a fan made project this time and be like, hey, maybe we should actually like listen to people and make something that they actually want. Instead of, yeah. you know, here's a shitty version of the thing that you actually want. When they first showed it, I part of me thought, well, maybe when they realized they had to scrap Metroid Prime 4 and start all over, maybe they were like, well, in instead, like in the middle, like we'll go ahead and do a 2D one. But this game comes out in October. You know what I mean? Like it's coming out soon, so they, I don't they, think they, they could have turned around. No, they've 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 probably been working on this for a while. I would assume. Yeah. I wonder if it was a Wii U game that they were going to do it, and then yeah, that might be. You know, they saw that like the you know fledgling Wii U um, sales and stuff like that. And like you know, we'll just we'll just shelve this one for right now because I mean, it doesn't look spectacular. You know, it doesn't look like it's a. I wouldn't call it switch a you know current gen console, but you know it doesn't look like it's super intensive, I guess to say. Right. So it looks like a fan fan pro like a really good fan project. Yeah. So I'm. It's probably been kicking around for a while, and they probably decided you know like hey you know let's pick this up again let's let's make this come out and actually do it because people I guess want it sort of thing. <laughs> And another thing I was surprised at before we get back to specific games is like how many of these games are coming this year? That was surprising so, too, yeah. And they're exclusives. It's not, I mean, because they, they also listed some third-party games that are multi-platform. Um, but like Metroid Dread, Mario Party Superstars comes out in October, Super Monkey Ball, Banana Mania, and it comes out in October, Shin Megami Tensei Five, November, um, WarioWare, which was a surprise, comes out mm-hmm. in September, um, Advance Wars One and Two Remaster Reboot, um, which was a surprise, comes out in <laughs> December. I, I love that name. It's dumb, but I love it. Like they, it that's, is, that's, yeah. that's that's clever. That's Nintendo level level clever. Yeah, and then but then I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? It makes sense because with the Switch, 
Nintendo effectively and and very successfully combined their handheld and console development. And so now you have all these studios that were making handheld games that are now making games for the Switch. Because if you look at Metroid Dread and WarioWare and Advance Wars, those very well might have been mobile games. Yeah, mobile D- games, DS but, games, you know, or, you know right. like 3DS games. I mean, or like Wii U, if they expected Wii U to actually take off, like yeah. those could have easily been Wii U games as well. Um, right. So yeah, maybe, you know, yeah, like they actually, they're actually combining all this stuff into one now. Uh, so you're just getting like this flood of games. Like people used to complain about, oh, Nintendo, their release schedules are so empty, but now it's like, there's tons of games coming out. Maybe it's not the Marios and the Zeldas, but there's like, a deluge of of game like we have Mario Golf coming out in just one and one one and a half weeks something like that. So oh God, yeah, that is. I didn't realize that that was already coming out. Yeah, yeah. There's just there's so much. Um, what a, what a, what about Mario Party Superstars? So I thought about you when I saw that because well, first of all, let me say I'm surprised that's not DLC. I'm kind of mad. I feel like it should just be DLC for Super Mario Party, um, but. I am excited about it because we, going back to the beginning of our friendship, played tons of like Mario Party 1 through 4 on the Nintendo 64. We were terrible, um, terrible people to each other. <laughs> but it was it was it was all in fun. One yeah. of the reasons that those games are so great is that so much of it is chance. So we could talk shit knowing full well that it wasn't our skill that won us that and, game. And someone it was, was going to get that bullshit fucking bonus star for no fucking reason. Fucking win yeah. the game. Fuck stupid bonus star ah, perfect beautiful so what are you <laughs> so I, I guess we should say mario party superstars is a collection it's coming out as a full game on its own it's not dlc um and it's a collection of uh, maps uh and boards from the first four mario party games and over a hundred mini games from those games as well so kind of a greatest hits i, I mean i'm surprised they didn't call it so well, i mean it's called superstars which i guess is yeah. equivalent but like it's kind of like a mario party's Mario Party Greatest Hits kind of thing, which again, I love those first four games. I think five kind of sucked. Six was pretty decent. Um, the first but, four, the first four were all sixty four, right? Five was the first GameCube one. Or was I think six the five first game? was GameCube. Okay, yeah. Or no, wait, no, five might have been N sixty four. I don't remember. That maybe that's why. I think that's where we started falling off on them, just because it, yeah. it was just like kind of more of the same. But I wonder, I wonder how the rotation game is going to work on your uh, Joy-Con drift. <laughs> oh if you have it yeah um just, and they specifically said like everything works with with joysticks so yeah that's gonna um it's mm, gonna break what? so things. do you have any, any any interest in that are you gonna uh i i would probably, probably i would probably go over to someone's house i'd probably go over to your play you know like during a boys club or something like play it there yeah. but like i i who am i gonna play it with here you know what i mean like mm-hmm. that's not the games yeah frank I'm sure he'll love it. And plus then I got to buy more controllers too. Like that's not fun. Um, Super monkey ball though. You're going to get that. I might be getting that. No, I'm, I'm really confused. Is it, is it a new game or is it like, because they kept showing clips of the old games in there. So is it like a remaster of like the old games or, or is it a new game? I wasn't really. I think it's a new game, I mean, but maybe it uses old levels and stuff. Yeah, they. It was very confusing. Um, and yeah. they didn't really. That's not how you spell monkey. Um, 
Super, super, super Monkey Ball. Super, that's what I that's what I type. Super Monkey Ball. Um <laughs> Super Monkey Ball. What's this name called? Um Banana Mania. Banana Mania. Banana Mania. There it is. First yeah. game result. Super Monkey Ball was the first was the one of the two games that I got with my GameCube at launch. I bought Super Monkey Ball and Rogue Squadron. And I loved that game. I played the shit out of that game. But then I never played another Super Monkey Ball. I, I loved that first game. Um, or that I, first GameCube game. Yeah, I remember renting this the second one and not being as like enthralled as it, as I was with the first one. Yeah. Uh it looks like it is a modern HD remaster of the first three Super Monkey oh. Balls. So Monkey Ball, Monkey Ball Two, and Super Monkey Ball Deluxe. Okay. So Huh. Uh, Sega says Super Monkey Ball Mania, Banana Mania will include more than 300 recreated levels and refined versions of the 12 multiplayer mini games from the original games. Uh, the, those multiplayer games will not be playable online. Wow. So, Unlike Mario Party, which will be. They said it will be. So, Oh, it will be online. Okay, I, I missed yeah. that part. So, no, I probably still won't get it. Uh, <laughs> okay, it. this is done. The so you can't play it online, but it does have online leaderboards. Wow, that's stupid. Yeah, that's dumb. That's really terrible. Uh, um, I don't. I don't. Sega I don't, don't want Nintendo. That's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, actually, that time. That, that time that worked. That, that worked fits. that time. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, WarioWare was a huge surprise. Yes. I loved the Warrior WarioWare games for. I don't know. I played them on my 3DS, so I don't remember what they came out for. I think uh, one of them the was first, an advanced GBA f- game. Yeah, the first one was GBA, and then uh, there were two on DS, I think. There's and one then the there Wii. was the Wii one. Yeah. Uh, and I think that w- that might have been it, I believe. Yeah, uh, I'm not... I'm not no. It was very exciting, and I'm going to get it eventually. I'm just... It's one of those where it's like, I don't know if it's a day one for, purchase for me, but yeah, how did you feel about probably it? Probably the same, but I... Uh, I I thought it looked pretty cool. Uh, I like the idea that it's not, um, it's not like the the original ones where it's like you when you see the screen you already know what to do. That they, uh-huh. each character has their own specific abilities that can change yeah. up each level. That I thought was pretty neat. That's a I think that's a pretty good way to handle it to kind of break up the repetitiveness of it because that was that was always one of the things is like I always you know get so far into it and then it just gets kind of repetitive. You know, I'm like, all right, I know what to do in this one. I already knew what to do this one, you know, sort of thing. And it's like, yeah, it's it's hard to go back and just keep like trying to grind out stuff on it because it's just yeah. Like, the first playthrough was really fun. Yeah, and then subsequent ones, like, it's like, eh. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that seemed uh that that's pretty cool that they're doing that. Um, so this Fatal Frame, it's a Wii U remake. Is that what this is? From, is it wow that's even, it looked like it to be honest that's <laughs> what i could have swore they said on the giant bomb is that okay. this is actually a remake of the wii u one i'm going to hmm. i'm going to fact check that right now and see if yeah fatal is. frame yes that's another game where i i played yep. the first two games and i really liked them but then i didn't keep up with them after that and so part of me is like uh yeah i'll go back and revisit some of the old ones so maybe maybe this will be a good chance to do that this is uh yes this is a wii u game that uh is getting a re-release on switch ps4 ps5 xbox and or xbox systems so it is a full-on we need our money recouped from this failure of a wii u game 
Um, but yeah, like I, I remember liking those first two Fatal Frame games and um, then, yeah, not playing any of the ones after, but like I could, I could be down for some Fatal Frame, I think. Yeah, it's definitely, it reminds me a little bit of more of the, the modern kind of horror games where you don't have a weapon, you're you're vulnerable the entire time, except this one, you're not really running. I mean, you have a weapon, you have your camera, but it's not the traditional, it's like, you have to like, it is the same basic premise, aiming and shooting kind of thing, but um, it's also it's, oh, it's it's a lot of timing enough. though, like you can't just like, you know, shoot and then be done, like you still have to. Right, like, you have to frame the ghost. Yeah, and you have to wait. In the camera. Yeah, um, um, they showed uh, Danganronpa Decadence, which is a four-game collection of Danganronpa Ronpa. I hate saying that. I still I don't say it enough to feel. They said it. Like, they said it so Dang many times Ronpa. on that on that yeah. video too, and it was just making me uncomfortable every time Dangan they said Ronpa. it. Danganronpa, Dangan Danganronpa. That's how I hear it. Danganronpa. So <laughs> what What is this series exactly? I've never. I've, I've always, I've always seen it, but I've never, never looked into it at all. And from what I understand, it's a very like sorted social sim. Um, it's like the social sim. Some of them, I know there are different games, but like the, I want to say the original ones are very much like the persona social part where you're in a school, crazy shit's happening. There are people that you like talk to. There's betrayals. Teen like kids are getting murdered and stuff. Um, that's about all I know, which is not much. And I don't even know if it's accurate, but I've heard it. Like I've had people recommend it to me. They're like, Oh, if you like persona, you'll definitely like Danganronpa. Well, also like so, the, the one that they, like the first one they announced is like very like battle, a battle Royale, you know, yeah, everyone needs to same. kill each other sort of thing. But it's also mm-hmm. like among us too, which like, you know, like you gotta like find out who killed who sort of thing. Uh, which is weird as well. I wonder yeah. if I wonder if they had already had something like that or if they saw well, I guess they, they couldn't have seen the success of Among Us and then put that around that fast. But I mean also Among Us has been out for how long now? Um, two or three years. Yeah, so maybe, maybe maybe three. Maybe they saw that game and like, oh we could do something with that sort of thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um Cruise and Blast, I feel like I should be more excited for because the same sort of thing with Nostalgia. Cruise in USA was one of the first games I got for my Nintendo 64. It doesn't it was look, a huge staple. It doesn't look good, though. It doesn't look good, yeah. They've gone with a more cartoony kind of vibe. And I, I understand that revisiting Cruise in USA and Cruise in World now they look pretty silly, but at the time it was like, wow, look at these graphics. Like, look these at cars these look digitized real. cars. Yeah, bird poop. Look bugs. at this look at this midway ass midway game. Look at this unrealistic Chicago. There's cornfields <laughs> literally right outside the city. <laughs> I mean, have you been outside of Chicago, Joey? I live in that part now. I'm in the cornfields. <laughs> I started in the city. I am a cruising USA level. I started in the city <laughs> and now I'm out in the cornfields covered in bugs. Yeah. Um and it's only like thirty seconds away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a, that's why I'm like, I don't, you know, when you and Gary come out to visit me and you're like, oh, it took us like an hour and a half. I'm like, what the fuck? Cruising USA told me it takes you, 45 seconds. If you would have hit gas, gas, brake, gas, you would have gotten the speed boost. And you guys, yeah, you didn't, you took the school bus, didn't you? Yeah, that's what did. it is. Yeah, the school bus is pretty um, awesome. <laughs> but what, what else? Um, 
I mean, we'll end with Breath of the Wild, but there, what about the the Smash Fighter uh, Kazuya from Tekken? I wasn't I, super hyped. I thought about the, that. I thought the trailer was funny. I thought the way that they handled it was funny. I thought yeah. that was that was probably the best part of that announcement. Other than that, like what I, a troll! It starts out with Ganon. And I'm sure people were like, oh, that's someone resurrecting Ganon. Oh, my God. Well, no, then, they, they uh, when I was watching the drop bomb, they were like, he's carrying him over. And they're like, is Gandalf going to be in t- a new Tekken game? And then, like, as soon as they, they realize, or, or, sorry, not Gandalf, Ganon. As soon <laughs> as, Lord of the Rings. We'll cut that out. We'll cut that off. <laughs> uh, is Dumbledore carrying Gandalf to the. <laughs> he's wearing the ring. You've got to. Um, <laughs> No, when when he's carrying Ganon, and they're like, "Oh, is Ganon going to be in Tekken?" And then they realize, "Oh no, we got to flip this the other way around." And then got <laughs> super disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did like um, how he would just end up tossing more and more characters in. That was that was a good way to end that bit. And the Kirby, and then the was, Kirby, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, but other, that was other really than good. that, like, I don't, I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, I would be more excited just personally. Um, with a Soul Calibur character, uh, but you know, I mean, putting a fighting game character in another fighting game, I, I, I say that, and it sounds like I'm being very cynical. I was really excited when they got uh, Ryu from Street Fighter. That was really cool. Yeah, I was gonna say they put Ryu, but, they put Ryu in it, and like, it, yeah, that seemed like it worked okay. Yeah, I like how we covered the bases on the pronunciation too. Yeah. I almost said Ryu, and I was like, well, I'll, I'll use the American. I'll say, I'll say it, I'll say it the like, correct way. You'll say it the Japanese way. The uh, <laughs> Aerith. There's no correct way. Aerith. <laughs> Mako. Ryu. Mako. Ryu. Mi- yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't even start on that. Um, they also announced a bunch of other games. We won't go through all of them. Unless, I mean, are you, did you, were you excited to talk about Dragon Ball Z Kakarot? Oh, no. Are you sure? I feel like that's, 100%. that's up your alley. <laughs> 100% sure. Um, uh, Worms is... So Breath of the Wild. Yeah, Breath of the Wild. Um, are you hyped for that? Uh, I still haven't played the first one. So, <laughs> so, you, so you're ex, extra hyped. I'm like, super I hyped. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I don't play my Switch that often. Like we got it, yeah. and I'm like, all right, sweet. And then like I sit down with it, and I'm like, it's it's hard. It's really uncomfortable to play it when you're in, it's in handheld mode, and the dock's in the other room, and it's hot in there, so or cold in there during the winter. So, I don't, I don't play it. The the only thing I've played on my Switch lately is Carry On, which is pretty good for the. Uh, 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 retro games but yeah i've i've been meaning to play it but i just haven't so yeah that game in particular is a game that i've heard people very divided on some people are like i love playing it in handheld mode i can't imagine playing it on the tv i'm in the other camp i'm like i can't imagine playing it in handheld mode because running there's so much hand movement and you know combat and like exploration and everything i can't i can't imagine it personally but um, yeah, if you are primarily playing it in a handheld mode, I can imagine, you know, not not being too excited for it. Um, what did you think of the trailer, though? Was that did it did it spark anything? Are you like, hmm, no, I have to go play the first one. No, not any more than, than <laughs> what I was. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm like the worst person to have no, on for this part of the, I, the show. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I loved the, the breath. I love Breath of the Wild. It's not like I. I feel weird because I don't feel like I'm in the group that really sort of gets out there and like um, preaches about it. I I did really like it. I would say that eventually it kind of overtook Ocarina of Time as my favorite Zelda game. Um, But I guess I don't know. I'm not in that like really kind of religious zealot kind of group that are like, you know, it's the best game ever. I do love it again. Um, So I, I was really excited. 
I, some people I know are being really, um, are, are somewhat disappointed by it. Cause they're like, they didn't show that much. I think it's one of those that they probably did show a lot though, but you probably have to go frame by frame and say, look at this. Nintendo's very good at packing a lot of meaning into their trailers. So well, also, I bet there's a lot in there. Well, also too, it's like, you know, I mean, it looks a lot like the other game. So it's like, they're kind of just going to show off like, you know, maybe some mechanics and like, you know, areas. They're not really going to show off much more than that because a lot of it's going to be probably the same game yeah. sort of thing. It's all in the same engine. So like, you know, it's not like there's going to be like vast improvements. It's not like going from like, you know, a Wind Waker to uh, whatever the one was after that. I can't remember. Um, Twilight Princess. Yeah. It's not like, you know, that yeah. big of a jump sort of thing. So like they don't really have to, show too much in in that time i did like the fact though that they are like and here's the last thing we're gonna show and then they show hyrule warriors <laughs> and it's just yeah. like oh that's how they're gonna end the show okay that's that's that's, that's yeah. mean <laughs> i was like there's no way they're gonna they're gonna show they're, there's no fucking way that they're gonna be like one more thing you know, Hyrule Warriors. No. Well, then they here. kept dragging it on too. they're like the hyrule wars yeah. and then they talk more about hyrule warriors and it's just like mm-hmm. oh wow they they're really hanging their head on this yeah, I that thing about you that you mentioned about it looking, it's running on the same engine. It looks a lot like the first game is part of what makes me disappointed that it's a 2022 release date. Mm-hmm. Because if they are using the same engine and a lot of the same, which I don't want to be totally unfair to them and say that they're using the same assets necessarily. But if you're pulling a lot of assets and graphical, um, you know, you know, aspects or things from the first game then again i'm not trying to do that shitty gamer thing where i'm like making games is easy part of me is like really 2022 damn i mean this better be like a full big gigantic really in-depth game the other thing i was disappointed at was zelda where the fuck was zelda like i wanted uh, uh, again understandably my hopes were maybe a little bit too high but i wanted i wanted to see co-op zelda i wanted them to show a a co-op game where one person can be zelda one person can be link and you can work together on puzzles and stuff like that um optionally of course it could be ai for the other character um but at the very least i would have settled for some zelda you know oh look zelda's in this game because that's what they showed on the teaser trailer it was them adventuring together and so now in this one they're like ah fuck that bitch just (laughs) straight straight back to link you know Okay, so uh, considering that this is a uh, 2022 release, do you think that this will be a Switch Pro showcase? It game? could be, that's, and that's that and that's why haven't... and that's why it's 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 coming out next year. Yeah, I, I mean, it could be if they've pushed back development on the Switch Pro because the rumors have been abound for a long time that they're going to announce it, but there are chip shortages in several different types of electronics um, devices. So if they're looking at that chip shortage and saying, we can't meet the numbers that we want to this holiday season. So therefore we're not going to release it this holiday season because they haven't announced it yet. Then yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe they're going to announce it in January or announce it near the end of the year and say switch pro March, 2022 alongside Breath of the Wild too. That that does make sense, but do you think? Um, do you think they would? Do you me, think they would announce the Switch Pro like that that soon before a launch? Yeah. Well, well, because technically they haven't announced it yet, right? It's still still kind of heavily rumored. Yeah. yeah. 
I, uh, well, uh, now that I think about it, though, what they might not do is they might not announce that before Christmas. Because if they announced it before Christmas, yeah. if it wasn't coming out before Christmas, it might eat into Christmas sales. So they might let people buy switches for people for Christmas, and then in January be like, I, I could see, it. I could see it being like uh, end of fiscal year, like March announcement sort of thing, and then okay. like maybe late summer release or something like yeah. that. Because uh, when yeah, when, did, when did Breath of the Wild the first one come out? That came out like at launch in like March, okay, of twenty seventeen, I think. I, I yeah, I don't I I can't see them putting out a new system in March like that less than a year away, especially with the shortage yeah. and stuff. Like I can't see them like they already have a hard enough time keeping consoles on shelves as it was, uh, and then to like do something that's even like harder to get. Uh, that's not how Nintendo likes to operate. Um, so I, yeah, I could see them announcing it in March and maybe coming out like end of summer and then maybe putting out the game maybe before like October ish or something like that. Maybe not a launch, uh, of the, the con or I mean, it could be, it could be a launch of the console. Um, and then that way it gets more people to buy it. But I mean, it's obviously it's going to be enhanced for it. It's not going to be like exclusive because that would be yeah. terrible if they did something along those lines. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is Nintendo, and that's that's I think that's the end of our our E three discussion. We're at about two and a half hours now. Oh, Jesus, I have to I have to edit this son of a bitch, and I have to teach tomorrow. So I will I will I will edit my my half again for you, so you can well, you can I'll 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 be sure to I leave in all the trash it. talking. Um, Don't cut anything out because it's gonna mess up mess up the claps. I'm not I'm not gonna mess always messing up the uh, clap. This is gonna be a nightmare. But thank you for joining us, Ron. Um, thank you for having me. I feel like this. Yeah, we're going to have you next week, actually, because we're going to be on talking about our uh, Piles of Shame, yeah, our got, back, back catalogs. I'm going to have to go through my boxes and see all the games that I still have <laughs> shrink-wrapped. Oh, uh, I can't. I don't even think I can include all of them, but we'll talk about the fun ones, the more more shameful ones, I guess. Um, so we will see you next week. Um, congratulations to Tab. They passed their dissertation defense today, oh, so yay. now they're Dr. Tab. Yeah. Dr. Tab. It was, it was great. I saw it. It was super impressive. So they've worked really hard on that. So congratulations to them. Um, they'll be back the week after next when they're, they're back in town after an, an out of the town, out of the town, out, out of, of town out job of, interview. Out of the town. Um, but until then, you can, you'll have to put up with, with me and Ron next week. So thank you so much for listening to all of our E3 coverage. Sorry this, this episode is so long. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.